to you by Subway Eat Fresh on a Thursday. It is the fifth day of October 2023. Scattered thunderstorms uh, possible this morning, although it's a pretty nice uh, commute in so far. Partly uh, cloudy this afternoon, high 87. Chance of rain about 50% today. Winds light about uh, five miles per hour. Currently 85 degrees. Humidity is a little bit high, 82%. Hmm. Uh, real feel is 99 already. I can't wait till that starts dropping. A little bit, yeah. Uh, I mean, we are just weeks away from the Christmas breeze, Yes, I believe. And Christmas. And Christmas. <laughs> that is Yikes. true. And uh, current uh, wind right now out of the south, southwest, calm about uh, two miles per hour. All right, time is 725 right now. Big news. I have some important news for you. Interesting news. It's Blake and Darren's Spilling the Tea with Sandy. K-Man's top news headlines of the day from CMR. Brought to you by J. Michael Fashion for everyone. Good day. Hello. Miss Hill. Hello, Blake and Aaron. How are you guys doing today? Good. I like your purple outfit. That's nice. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Sprucing up this week. Just let's spill, let's spill the tea. What do you got? All right. So let's talk about it. Um, so there was a case of um Jamaican students being rushed to the hospital after eating some sort of ganja edibles. Um, they apparently quite here? a few of them got sick. That's here? No, that was in Jamaica. Okay. However, Yesterday, I mean, as this story was unfolding, I heard of a student at uh, Clifton Hunter who may have fallen prey to a very similar situation. So government has not officially said anything about this yet. But I want to remind, you know, maybe some young people are listening to the program this morning. You know, edibles are not uh, for teens or preteens or kids. And um, it can make you very, very sick. So please They're stay away candy. from yeah, stay away from that stuff. It's just not even, you know, it's not funny in any way, shape, or form. So um, there's a new customs declaration app that is available for the postal services. A few people have mentioned to me that they've actually used the app, and it's pretty good. You can go to kmanpost.gov.ky to find out more about it. But essentially, it allows you to complete the waybills through the postal service website and, um, you know, removes the necessity to do handwritten paper forms. And which are no longer accepted in any in any event. Oh, and you can pay online. And you can. That's right. So yeah. download the app. Uh, Always well, like you have to bring in cash or something if you're gonna get uh, something. I don't know. I remember. I, I haven't got something. But, to yeah, you can do it all electronically now. You can download it from the App Store or the Google Play Store, available on both platforms. And um, they say that the app was developed in 2021, and they are, uh, you know, really pushing for people to use that. Hmm, that's all a good right. thing. Congratulations to Dr. Sukin. She's retiring after 36 years of really? serving the yeah. people of the Cayman wow. Islands. I saw that. I know. This is pretty cool. Been around for a long time doing, yes. doing her thing. And yeah. Yes, yeah, she worked her. hard. So, um, you know, I think it's great for her to be able to take a break. Um, she's retiring from general practice, but she is going to be remaining in the Cayman Islands. Um, you know, and she's involved in a lot of NPOs and stuff as well. Yeah. So I'm sure a lot of that work will continue, but she is the founder of the seven mile medical clinic and she has served as the medical director, um, of another organization. So yeah, congratulations to her. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Job well done for many yes, years. Indeed. So keep an eye out for the national e-basketball team. 
I did not know there was such a thing, but this is pretty cool. So they're going to be taking on the USA, Puerto Rico, and the Dominican Republic. Um, the events are happening today. Uh, and I guess this is all virtual esports. Uh, so you guys can go check it out. There's an e-games uh, you know, platform online. And so, yes, apparently Cayman is, um, has qualified to participate in this. So, hmm. yeah, go check it out and see. There's uh, a full schedule. Um, so today we've got USA at 520 this evening, then DR, then Puerto Rico, Barbados, and Guatemala. So who knew that there was an e-basketball national team? Hmm. Hmm. Yes. Huh. All right. Uh, well, final story of the day. Yeah, go ahead. 150 high achievers were celebrated at UCCI's convocation ceremony. So congratulations to all of those individuals. They made either the um, presidents and the dean's list and were recognized by UCCI um, for their academic accomplishments. So this ceremony happened on uh, Thursday, the 28th. Mm -hmm. And the event, which was attended by guests, including the deputy premier minister, who's also the minister for education um, and others, you know, honored the successful achievement of students who had at least a GPA of 3.5 all the way up to 3.74. Um, and then that qualifies them for the dean's list. And the president's list um, is 3.75 or higher. So very well done. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, we wanted to break some news for Ooh. you Love on her. your okay. show. Yeah. Tomorrow will be Aaron and my last day on the morning show. What? Where are you yeah. guys going? Well, tomorrow evening, we will be the owners or the winners, I should say. Hopefully. Of uh, $1.4 billion. Powerball jackpot. The Powerball, yeah. when we win the Powerball. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. Well, so. remember your friends. <sighs> well, we will. Don't yeah. worry. We'll do one last show. Uh, yes, I gotcha. Yeah. I gotcha. All right. Yeah. And then we'll wow, be one that Friday night and uh, we'll be celebrating over yeah. the weekend. Uh, it'll, it's the third largest in, in Powerball history. So, oh my gosh. And this yeah. is, this is U.S. Powerball, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah exactly. Yeah. I'm going to get me a ticket. Uh, right. Uh, Call some friends. Plus, k has that one. Nice, I, have, I have not heard about that one. Nice. <laughs> I know there's numbers, not quite 1.4 mm. billion. So, yeah. Anyway, wow. it's been a great run. Uh, we'll, I know. Uh, we'll we'll miss you. We'll miss don't you. worry. We'll take yeah. you, Sandy, wherever we go. <laughs> <laughs> on our yacht. Uh, that way you can buy all of DMS. Look at that. Oh. You can own DMS. Yeah. All I right, guys. It's, it's, exactly. it's nice to dream. It's definitely nice to dream. Yeah. I think Doc's right. doing pretty good. On Have it. a good one. We'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. All right. On the Friday show. All right. Wow. Can you imagine? Oh my gosh. That would be. Quite something. One point. How many billion? Oh, I got to go look that up. That's a lot of dinero. Honey, chill. All right. We've got about a minute and 15 seconds uh, remaining on the uh, platform this morning. So I'm going to grab all of my links and share it with everyone. Charging. Giving the um, show phone a little bit of a charge. I noticed this morning that it was a little bit low. About a minute left, so we'll give that a second here. How are you beautiful people doing this morning? Happy Thursday. And then we'll kick off with our radio listeners. Let me move my um, apple cider a little bit closer. As you all know, I look like I'm definitely going to need it today. <laughs> uh, Miss Stacy, 
Come, 35 seconds. Miss Stacy, is that you or Zeus knocking at the door? <laughs> Thank you, ma'am. Sometimes I hear Zeus outside trying to get in. He's like, let me in. I want to be on the show too. Oh my gosh. All right, folks. Let me grab some. Uh, trying to grab some of my video links and stuff. All right, here we go. Bigger, bigger, better, better, older, older. The cold hard truth is taking talk to the next level. Right here on Bobo 89.1 FM, Cayman's Community Radio. We are still spilling the tea and committed to being part of the change that Cayman so desperately needs. Join Sandy Hill weekdays from 7.30 a.m. for Premier Access, Cayman Voices, Truthful Thursdays, and much more. Cayman's number one talk show is now bigger, bigger, better, better, bolder, bolder, and more than talk. Getting results with hot topics, consumer reports, court exposés, and more. I've come to set the record I've come to shine the light on you Let me introduce myself I am the cold heart Now, from the CMR studio in Grand Cayman, live, direct, it's the cold hard truth. Now, now, join the conversation on 345-936-2626. That number again is 345-936-2626. Good morning, good morning, K-Man. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of The Cold Heart Truth. What a beautiful day today. How are you guys doing? Hope everybody's doing well. Happy Thursday. Can you believe this week went by so quickly already? Wow. Tomorrow's Friday. And then guess what? (laughs) We're heading into the middle of October and then November and then December and boom, it's Christmas. Oh my goodness. Well, we're not going to rush into it. Like I always tell my seven-year-old, she's like, when am I going to be eight? The second she turns seven, when am I going to be eight? And I'm like, listen, enjoy seven. You just got here. (laughs) Take it easy. Trust me. Your life will go by so quickly. One day you're going to sit back and go, where did it all go? So enjoy it while you can. Somebody said, Sandy, lately you've been dressing like you work for CNN. My goodness. I've been pulling stuff out of my closet that honestly, I don't even get the opportunity to wear because I'm really not hardly going anywhere. Um, Oh, these glasses are all spotted up, honey. I got to be able to see clearly now. So let me clean these glasses. By the way, you guys know I love to make product recommendations. These lens cleaners that I have here, these are some of the best. These are the best really that I've ever used. Um, They're called, hold on, you can get them off of Amazon. Let me tell you what they're called now. They are called Elite Tech Gear. Um, I guess that's a whole company. I don't know what else they sell, but they sell some really good uh, eyeglass cleaners. It'll clean anything, I guess, that is made of glass material. 
And you don't need to even spray them with anything. You just wipe them off and all the spots and debris and everything um, is taken off. You know, I've always wondered for those of us who wear glasses. So I wore glasses. I started wearing glasses in high school because I was blind as a bat and didn't even know. What an epiphany. When I first put them on, I was like, oh, my God, I've been missing all this. <laughs> um, and then I in, went through university, the whole nine yards. And then when I got to, uh, I returned to Cayman, I started law school. I had LASIK surgery. Oh, honey child, that was the best money I've ever spent. I wish I could do it again. I'm still hoping that they allow me to repeat it at some point, but you got to make sure you're listening to the professionals about the risk involved. But it, it was so wonderful. Oh my God. To not have to wear glasses, especially when you exercise, you know, they get fogged up if you come in and out of like the air conditioning. I was actually, I am allergic to metals. So I don't wear costume jewelry because apparently the alloy content in costume jewelry um, makes my skin break out. Turns out, turns out I have I have expensive skin. Who would have known? So I can't wear any fake jewelry or anything like that because it just doesn't interact well with my skin, right? Even for just like an hour. Like if I put on a fake necklace for an hour, I start to break out and I got all itchy. So I have to wear at least, if it's gold, like 14 karat gold and above, um, and then I can do, um, you know, platinum and other stuff, but you know, no fake jewelry or, or gold plated stuff. Like I can't do any of that. Well, apparently the material that a lot of glasses are made out of back in the day was, you know, metal. So like the, the sides and the frames are all metal and literally anywhere that it touched my skin on the sides here, here, and even like the nose area or the little cheek it was actually eroding my skin. Like I had a bald spot here on the side where it was touching me. So I was so glad back in those days to get rid of glasses because then I, you know, didn't have to worry about all that. Oh, it was just so nice and refreshing. You wake up in the mornings, you can see right away. Oh, I enjoyed it, but apparently it doesn't last forever. What does, right? So um, after I had my daughter, I noticed that my eyes started to deteriorate. Like I, I really noticed it. And I went to the eye doctor and I'm like, honey, chill, I can't see what's going on around here. You know, when I'm driving, I'm like squinting, like, mm, what does that car license plate say? And so the um, optometrist said to me, um, let's not do anything right now because uh, it wasn't really that bad, but I was noticing it. But she said, let's not do anything because apparently after you've had a baby, your hormones need to settle back down. So she said, hormones impact a lot of stuff, including your eyesight. So this could just be temporary. So let's wait it out and see, let it uh, settle for a little bit. And I was like, really? Oh gosh, I don't know how y'all do it all 20 times. It's like, geez, I'm peace. Your body really goes through a situation when you, um, you know, have a baby. So anyway, I said, all right then. So we waited and I think it did settle down a little bit, but it was so obvious, especially at night, that I really needed the help of glasses for distance. So it's not as bad as it used to be. And thank God they now have like plastic frames that are a little bit, you know, better than back in the day when they were all like mostly metal frames. Um, so yeah, I'm back to wearing glasses. Um, I wish that I could redo the LASIK surgery because trust me, it was wonderful. And then I'm at that age now where I don't really need reading glasses, but um, it's probably coming. So she was saying, you know, your eyes are going to make some adjustments again over the next couple of years. So for the most part, I can see pretty fine print as long as the lighting is good. Uh, speaking of lighting, 
let me turn on this other light over here. So, yeah. Okay, there we go. So as long as the lighting is good, you know, I can see fine, most fine print. Now, if it's super, super fine, you know, pill bottles where they like, you need a microscope. She said, you know what? Don't get readers. Don't use readers for that. Because your eyes are so funny, like so many other things in life. If you're using something, your body will rely on it. So I don't technically need glasses to read like the computer screen or anything like that. Although I think um, the blue light or whatever they they emit, like a lot of these glasses have protective um, protective film against that. So I just pretty much keep them on all the time. But the more you wear them, the more you rely on them as well, right? So it's it's a life lesson. If you have a crutch um, in life, literal or figurative, that you know you, you've got this fallback, something you can lean on. Your mind and body has a way of thinking, oh, yes, I need it all the time. That's why sometimes you got to force yourself to um, not need something, if you know what I mean. So sometimes we go through life using people as a crutch. You know, like, oh, this person's always going to be there to rescue me. So, you know, um, you think that that's a good thing. And then there are times that you just got to be self-reliant and be able to punch it through yourself, honey, Jill. All right, Miss Vernita, good morning. Nathan is here. Good morning to Alice. How are you? Cece McLaughlin is in the house. Siobhan, Teresa, so good to see you. Miss Morna is here. Andy joining us from La Saiba. We got some Honduras news coming up here in a little bit, Andy, so stay tuned. Miss mm -hmm. Bev, good morning. Good morning to Felicia. Andrea says, good morning, beautiful people. Good morning, Andrea. Olivia is here, purple Sandy, looking fabulous in purple. Thank you so much. So I'll tell you what I've been doing, folks. I got a closet full of clothes. Now, I am so thankful that I have more than enough clothes to wear. Lord Jesus. Sometimes I'm just like, you know, we are so um, ungrateful, just generally speaking. You know, we have so many amazing things. I got to tell you all the story about gratitude. So um, I've never you know, in my adult life, since I've been working and out of university and stuff, I've never really had a shortage of clothes. You know, I didn't update my wardrobe for a really long time. So post Ivan, post Ivan, post COVID, ugh, there's like life before COVID, post COVID. I said, oh my gosh, so much stuff in my closet I've had for umpteenth years. Like I need a little refresher, you know? So um, during COVID, we had her cousin in Tampa. She sent me some stuff, but you know, I was like, I need to go and pick out a few things myself. So I donated a bunch of stuff, probably like a year or maybe even less ago, because it takes a while to make it through the closet. I have to do it in sections. And I donated so many clothes. Some of them still had the tags on them. They weren't really worn or anything like that. And um, it's because I've been refreshing my wardrobe. So you got to have a formula, right? And the formula is like you buy one thing, get rid of one thing. That's what I try to do. Sometimes it's a little bit hard. So I donate it because I'm like, you know, there's absolutely nothing wrong with the clothing um, and somebody else can wear it. It's just that I'm like, you know, I need something freshened up a little bit, whatever. And so um, I have a closet full of all sorts of stuff that honestly I never get to wear. So during the week, uh, most of the time I'm in pants and just a shirt, a top, whatever. And I don't really hardly get to wear like the dress section. I got a whole section just for dresses and skirts. That section hardly ever gets touched. It's like the exercise clothes in each other. They're not getting touched either because I'm not really exercising. But I've started playing pickleball now. So I'm, I'm going to, after I come back from my trip, 
I'm going to be, you know, kicking that in high gear. I want to try to play at least three times a week because that's the level of activity that I need. But you know what? I'm going to talk about exercise a little bit this morning because there's um, some research, some ongoing research that says we don't even need as much exercise as we think to have a positive impact on your body. It's shocking how little you need, actually. You just got to get up and move a little bit. Because we're so sedentary, a lot of us are sitting in front of computers all day. Anyway, so remember a few months ago, I told you guys I was clearing out shoes. Oh, my husband's always complaining about the shoes, honey, Joe. He says, Andy, you got too many shoes, and they all look like granny shoes. That's what he tells me. He's like, another pair of granny shoes? Well, you know, I don't expect a man to understand that at a particular age, you're more concerned about foot comfort then high heels or looking good or sexy in shoes. I'm like, listen, as long as they're comfortable, I hardly care what they look like. And, you know, I got my little foot pain and stuff, so I got to try to manage the balance on my foot. So, anywho, um, he says I have too many shoes. He is probably right. So, I went through and I started pulling out some shoes. I said, you know what? I'm going to donate a lot of these shoes. When, I, when we moved into this house seven years ago, I um, actually did a whole clean out from my apartment moving, you know, like, I'm like, okay, don't take anything you don't really need. So I did clean out and donate a bunch of stuff then. So anyway, I did a big clean out and I had mentioned it and someone reached out to me and said, Hey, Miss Sandy, you know, I heard you mention these shoes. I wonder if I could get some. And I said, don't you worry. Shout out was like two months ago. It took us all this time to finally coordinate and get together. And the good news is I was able to pull out more shoes during that time. And I gave this young lady two bags of shoes. And I said, you know, it's so wonderful when people are really grateful and they express their gratitude. This lady messaged me. She said, Miss Sandy, you have no idea how much this means to me. And I was like, really? She said, yes. In fact, she said to me, I have never had, she says, oh my gosh. And all of my, let's just say 50 plus, I want to give her exact age unearth. I've never had this amount in my closet. I can now pick, choose and refuse. I was like, oh, Every woman should be able to pick, choose, and refuse shoes, honey child. I'm not saying that we have to be like, um, what's her name, Imelda Marcos. We don't need thousands of shoes. But, you know, you should be able to say, hmm, I'm wearing this outfit today. I should at least have a few choices. So I'm so glad. Um, and it just turns out that we wear the exact same size. So when she heard uh, what size I wore, she's like, oh, my gosh, we're like the same size. And they they fit perfectly. And when you have more than enough shoes, chances are you're really not wearing but one or two pairs anyway, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. Marshall, Damaris, Patricia Blake in the house. Ronaldo, good morning. Hello, Vicky. Thank you so much. Olivia's here. Um, Philip, so good to see you. I've not seen you in a minute. Miss Dean is here. Daisy, hello, Daisy. Gabby in the house. She says, can we really bring in Pepper? Just want to make sure. No, not yet. Y'all need to calm down now. Not yet. Um, speaking of pepper spray, you, you have to wait. So when they, when they make a decision in parliament, like they all agree, there is legislation that has to be written around it. It's the same thing with the pension, the new pension laws or whatever. You can't just jump up and be like, well, I want to access my money today because this happened in parliament yesterday. There is still a time period that it takes now for the legal drafters to put stuff together and to draft it and redraft it and tweak it and so I don't know when technically pepper spray will become legal 
in this country. We just know that the majority of MPs have voted in favor of it. Now, I have my reservations about the pepper spray, and I saw someone sent me a video yesterday where someone was calling on. Now, you know, this is where y'all are a bit ridiculous, and I must admit that this video made me shake my head. Um, someone was calling on the premier to resign because he voted against pepper spray. I'm like, you know, as Caymanians, we seem to major in the minor. You know what that means? That we're focused on, I mean, okay, great. Y'all think pepper spray is going to be the panacea to solve crimes in this country. I can assure you, like I said, mark it down that September of 2023, um, Sandy said, it ain't going to happen, right? You can carry all the pepper spray that you want. Your kids are going to be abusing it and carrying it. Criminals are going to now have access to it. They're going to be abusing it and carrying it. You think that because an MP disagrees with me over pepper spray, right? Say I was a staunch supporter of pepper spray, that I'm going to say that you should be resigning and you shouldn't be running this country. And there's so many more important issues facing this country, quite frankly. And there are a lot of things that you should be judging somebody by as opposed to just their vote on pepper spray. And you know, when someone takes on a particular aspect of a discussion, and you hear them like totally go overboard with it. Do you not in your mind think, why, why this particular response to this situation? Is there more to this than meets the eye? Does this individual just not like Premier Panton and has some other, you know, beef to pick with him? And that's really what this is all about. It's like, um, I think Al Ebanks, I don't know if Al's listening to the program this morning, but Al often talks about this uh, selective outrage. For me, it, it can be very, very selective at, time, at times. And maybe to some extent, as human beings, we can all be um, prone to this. I'm not really sure. But, you know, it does give me pause when I see people overreacting to a particular situation. Um, I don't know. It just seems a little bit off to me. And then there's a lot of people who have a vested interest in pushing a particular agenda. So we're going to talk about overreacting this morning, and I'm going to share with you some of what's happening in the community now. I thank all of you who go out of your way to um, send me screenshots and other things to keep me abreast of, you know, what's happening. Because I, I think that we have, well, I don't know about we. I have a responsibility in this community because people are here and they're listening um, I have a responsibility to try to filter through nonsense. And there's a lot of clutter in the community sometimes, and there is a lot of nonsense. And so I feel like we are oftentimes, like I said, not always focused on the things that we should be focused on. And we have a lot of energy and time for misinformation and for other things. Now, I suppose we have all been guilty of this at some point in time. You know, I have really um, taken on a very different position uh, because of CMR that Sandy, listen, a lot of people are listening to you. So, you know, you've got to make sure that um, what you say, not as a matter of opinion, because remember now, opinions are one thing and everybody's got one of those. <laughs> That's not the problem. But when you start to say things factually, make sure that you are fact-checking yourself. 
make sure that you're going back and doing some research. So it is the case that our memory might uh, deceive us at times, and we might remember something from five, 10 years ago that doesn't really quite go so. Yeah? Um, And then sometimes our memory is, um, you know, incorrect because we've accepted so much propaganda in our own heads. So this, again, is where you have to have a bit of a discerning spirit about you. And I think that some people, quite frankly, just do not have that ability. So I'm going to break it down here in just a second. Mr. LeMay says, good morning, Sandy. And to all, 18 karat gold would be best as it's 75% pure gold. And 14 karat is only 58.5% pure gold. Oh, we're getting less than gold today. I've seen clients who are allergic to 18 karat on rare occasions, but um, platinum would be best. Wishing you a blessed day. Well, thank you for that. Yes. um, You know, of course, the higher you go with the carrots, the softer the gold is, right? So I think most like do 14 and 16. I I don't really ever hear people doing 16 karat, but um, a lot of countries like India, you notice that their gold is even a different color because it tends to be more of a pure gold than what we use um, in this part of the world. But yeah, I seem to be okay with 14 karat gold without a problem. But if it's like any of the fake stuff, it really starts to impact me. Um, good morning, Miss Morna. She's saying that she needs a little upgrade. Hello, young Colin and his mother. I know every morning they're listening to the show on their way to work. Shaka Zula is here. Leroy is in the house. Miss Sonia, good morning to you. Um. Oh my gosh, Ali Hanno said some jewelry in the waterfront used to make his skin black. And he says, yes, I'm brown skin. What a hot mess. Morning, Miss Bonnie. Morning, Keisha. Uh, KK says, sounds like me. I have photophobia. Photophobia? You do? Huh. Um, All right. So... Let's break it down this morning. What, what, what's Sandy talking about? Roll call. Ms. Dean is here. Yes, honey child, I'm checking in. Mr. Amelia is here. Oh, poor Mr. Amelia. She gets upset. She's like, don't use no bad words. Mr. Amelia, if you would pay attention in class, you would know that we do not use bad words before 1030 in the morning. And then at 1030, you've had three hours. You can log off. You'll be all right. But you see, everybody knows you really want to turn up Sandy in the sauce. You just don't want to hear them bad birds, but you still want to shush. My goodness. Poor you. Oh, Michael says India's using 22 carat. Yes, it's it's a much, and it's softer, right? Uh, but their gold is so beautiful. I love a lot of the Indian pieces. They're very intricate in design and so on. All right. Morning, Sharon. Inspiring. Um, Hello. We'll put you down for attendance this morning. All right, Mr. Amelia, stop your complaining now. Nobody likes a complainer every single day. Sometimes we just like positivity. So you keep saying that you're blessed and highly favored and we're going to continue the conversation. So um, there's been a bit of something in circulation. I'm going to share with you some of the screenshots and I've received a number of queries yesterday. Um, And I think somebody said to me last night that, um, you know, it's circulating and, you know, Cayman is so small that sometimes sometimes things grow legs and tentacles in the whole nine yard. That is just um, shocking 
how quickly a situation can take foot. So um, I don't know who Mr. Gerald Bush is. I thought this was another Gerald because I know another Gerald Bush, but I don't think this is him. So it says, I'm hearing that uh, I'm hearing a rumor that a huge piece of her heritage will be swapped to help someone's hotel. Hope this is not true. So there was that one that somebody sent me. And then somebody sent me another one. And then somebody sent me a question. Sandy. Um, oh, yes. Mr. Denver. Are you here, Mr. Denver? Somebody sent me yours as well. Or Denver says. Um, so so look at look at how this develops. Right. So we go from someone like Mr. Gerald saying that he's hearing a rumor. I think that's fair. You know, sometimes you post up. Yep. We're hearing a rumor, too. But then it goes from hearing a rumor to Denver now saying, so we're giving away our public beach, our politicians, dot, dot, dot. And then apparently, you know, um, Mario jumped on the bandwagon and he was telling his listeners over on his platform that apparently there's some new deal and we're giving it away and we're doing this and that. And it's so interesting how, um, oh, it's so interesting how the story kind of uh, changes as we go along. So I'm just like, okay. Um, oh, this is kind of interesting. Because then I heard something about, um, let me tell you the other question I got. So somebody's like, listen, um, mm-hmm, hold on one, one second. I got I to gotta get the questions right. So someone else said, um, you know, hey, Sandy, you heard anything about Dart trying to take public beach or at least a portion for this new hotel and giving the public the old Victoria house back? And I was like, Victoria house? Now, you see the story. This is like playing Chinese telephone. Every person who gets the story and passes it on to somebody else changes the details. Because the original story, let me take on my little notepad now because I was doing my research last night. The original rumor had nothing to do with um, Victoria House, but had everything to do with, what's the other one called? Um, oh, Lord, I can't remember. London House. So I'm like, is, is there a Victoria House? Is that different than London House? I'm confused because the story is getting all mixed up and confusing and people are just, I guess, adding on bits and pieces, and it's it's getting a little bit haywire. So listen, see, Amanda says no, it, it was London House, but somebody else got it as Victoria House. I don't even know if there's a Victoria House in Cayman, but listen to me. Let me tell you this: there's no truth to this rumor. I don't know how some of these rumors get started, but you know, this is the Mall Road. So, you know, sometimes somebody hears a little sus or they start to get confused about something. I have legitimately seen people get confused, right? Where someone will say, this incident has happened. Then when I hear the details of it, and they're like, oh, it happened to this particular person. I said, I will say, no, you know, I actually think, let me plug this phone back in. I think we got enough charge now. I will say, no, 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 no. That story can't be so because that... The, the facts are almost identical to like this person who had a stroke, but it's the wrong name. It's the same way y'all try to kill off poor Miss Margaret Ramsey. Um, that when somebody who works for the DPP's office dropped down and had a heart attack. So the story was so similar, but it was a totally different person. 
You know, so this is just how the rumor mill goes. Good morning, caller. Uh Uh-oh. You might have to call back because I had to plug the phone back in. Can you hear us? I'm sure they can hear us, but we can't hear them. All right, give us a call back. So I've been doing some digging to see why and how this story probably started to grow some legs over the last couple of days, because it is very, very confusing where this has come from. Good morning, caller. Good morning, Sandy. Hello, honey. Um, Victoria House is, is a property that was destroyed, I think, with Hurricane Ivan. Mm-hmm. That's property right next to the London House. Oh. It has a gate. So there are two separate, Victoria House existed at some point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember when, I think back in the 60s, there was a gentleman from British Columbia. Mm -hmm. That's why they call it Victoria House. Uh, Victoria, um, British Columbia. Mm -hmm. And he built that, that place. That got destroyed. That got destroyed in, um, in Hurricane Island. Okay. You know, and, and then they got, uh, they talk about artificial intelligence. We got artificial stupidity. <laughs> oh, my God. That's funny. And, and by the way, if you have any clothes that you want to donate, I'll be more, I'm not going to cross dress. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if you got any clothes you want to donate or anyone out there, that is, um, wants to, to get away clothes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, next year, we're going, um, me and Javier is going over to Cuba mm-hmm. on a missionary trip, like we did to Honduras. And it's the most rewarding thing to be able to see how much people truly appreciate what uh, they get. Mm-hmm. Here in we have so much. And we we don't realize how blessed we are. Oh my gosh, trust me. And and more people need to go down there to humble themselves. Mm-hmm. No, I I could not agree with you more. Now, Mr. Dexter, I have to tell you something. Um, we have a lot of people right here in this country who are in need. So um, I believe charity starts at home. Not that I yeah. don't want to send stuff me. overseas. But I always start here first. And I've never, I shouldn't say never, because, you know, I've been to Cuba and you, you take little stuff when you can. But, um, you know, I try to help the people right here in the good old Cayman Islands who are in need. I, I do that, too. Mm-hmm. Because the thing about it is charity begins at home. But the majority of people, they won't let that false pride go and don't want to let the world know, of, of course, you go up by you go up by the Red Cross Society and there through shop, and there's so many people shopping up there, and mm-hmm. they're looking around as if they're embarrassed. Why should you be embarrassed? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, even I go, I go up there by, I go up there, and, and if I need a pants, a long pants, I don't have too many of those. I have most of my short, and. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, if people have any clothes, mm-hmm. uh, we, uh, last time I went to Honduras, we did, um, Javier didn't um, send it to any organization. He went down there, somebody picked it up, stored it in his house. And then when we went over, uh, we, we 
um, divided up in different um, categories like infants, babies, mm-hmm. children, and we give them uh, the shoes and stuff, but to see the look and how mm-hmm. much they appreciate that. If you, uh, they, like a community comes together, somebody gets a message out mm-hmm. that these people are coming out and they're going to get new clothes and stuff. The community com- comes together and they all meet there. And, you know, I didn't, it, looking at some of these kids, you don't think, you wouldn't even think that they, they're, that they're at the poverty level. Mm. They are, it's so clean. Yes. And, and, and the one thing that, that I, I, I say sometimes, excuse me, Mr. Dexter, sometimes I hear your wife in the background. I think she wants some time to talk on the phone too. You know, she sounds like she, we want to make a contribution. No, no. <laughs> I'm the talk. I'm the talk. I'm the talk. Well, here. I don't know because I hear her talking in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you just need to give her the phone. <laughs> you you hog it at the phone, man. Let the woman and, talk. <laughs> and then she then she be criticizing me. But no, in all seriousness, if anybody that have any clothes or any toys or anything. Yes. So Estrella uh, no wants way. to know where to donate. Um, yeah. If they call me up, my number is 916 0754. Huh, and, okay. I'll, and I'll be happy to come and pick it up. Mm-hmm. Very good. Okay. All, All right. right. Thank Sandy, you, my dear. Have a wonderful day. You too. All right. So give Mr. Dexter a call, folks. Um, you know, he's always going on these, these uh, sort of missionary um, events and stuff as well. And I thank him for always. Um, you know, being willing to do that. So, all right. So let, let's source out this situation now. So um, the original rumor had nothing to do with Victoria House, but now I'm being told that these properties are actually right next to each other. So as Mr. Dexter said, Victoria House no longer exists. Ivan took it. Um, and then the other one now, which is, um, what's it? what's it called? London House is the original rumor. But you see how, let me tell you something. Sometimes you can understand how the rumors and the twists and the turns go. So Dart has nothing to do with London House. They don't own London House. They've never had any interest in London House. Nothing to do with them. However, the Victoria House, which is in close proximity, you guys are saying it's right next door. Um is owned by Dart. Mm, interesting, right? So you kind of get the mix-up story there. So, you know, Dart owns a lot of property in Cayman, especially in that quadrant of the island. So the Victoria House property, which is on West Bay Road, across from the tennis and pickleball courts, um, is owned by the Dart organization. All right, so that's a fact. Let's separate fact from fiction this morning. They don't own London House. They don't have anything to do with London House at all. Okay. Somebody says Mr. Mike Adams' wife used to manage Victoria House, and there's a Victoria House. It is below London House going in Westbury Road, but somebody just said Victoria House, um, not Victoria House. Wait a minute. Which one no longer exists? Now y'all confusing me. So London House and Victoria House are still standing? Both properties? Or is Victoria House is just a property now? It seems to me... Like, that's just a property. But just clarify, I've got some people working on fact-checking this. 
So someone says, good morning, Sandy. That fool from CB, being Cayman Brack, it's like she drinks hard and wakes up with some S on her head until she gets it in her face up there. She would know. <laughs> okay. Maybe someone should have pepper spray when her hands were sticking on people's property. That's all I can say. It's too early in the morning. Let me take a sip of my, let me take a sip of my, boy, y'all are so crazy. Y'all are something else. All right. The person goes on to say, Dart owns a property that the Victoria House was on. Yes. I don't know if this story is correct, but he owns that property. Um, it's right about or above Anchorage. So it's between the London House, Anchorage, and Anchorage condos. Okay. So Victoria House is a vacant property. It's no longer Victoria House. All right. Okay. So we got that part of the story also stout. Everybody wrote that down in your notebook. So we're clear. That Dart organization does not own London House, never has, has no interest in it. But the property in Victoria House, where that used to be, is indeed owned by the Dart organization. All right. Nugget of truth there. Now, the main question that is circulating, this rumor, if you will, that appears to have taken on quite a life of its own. Um, So first we started calling it a rumor. And then within two twos, we're saying that the government is giving away public beach. I can tell you, folks, without any fear of contradiction, that this is actually not accurate. There's no discussions between the DART organization and the Cayman Islands government about any swapping of land, any giving giving away of beach, any this, that, whatever. What is in place now? And I don't know, again, what is driving this rhetoric. Um, I know there's certain people with a particular political interest who is trying to discredit this current government, I guess, in any way, shape, or form that they can. Um, But what is in place currently has really come out of the Four Alliance, um, it was just called Four Alliance, right? Four Cayman Alliance agreement that was done under the UDP government many, many moons ago. And we're going to go through some of that because, you know, as I was thinking about it, I couldn't even remember. I'm like, what, what? what did we get for this Four Alliance? I mean, how did that story go again? So I had to go and do a little bit of digging, and we're going to talk about some of the details of that. Um, Amanda, good morning. Yes, I don't know why you're beating around the bush. You're getting a little two-sided now. Just call it the man name. It came from Mario show because <laughs> he's the only premier of the Cayman Island knows everything. <laughs> but he can't sue me. And if he sue me, he just going to be paid. I just probably oh, He'll be having God. the same thing. So I'll turn it around him for owing my family member because I think he forgets that. But anyways, just talking how it goes. with him put it Cut. on his show. <laughs> Bye. Lord Jesus. I wasn't really going to focus too much on Mario because, of course, he thinks everybody's obsessed with him. Y'all heard the last time we called him up for drinking and driving, his bad behavior. He claims that I'm in love with him. Ooh, honey child, he's not really my cup of tea because I don't like people who drink and drive and break the law and, and got children all over the place that they're not even taking care of. But anywho, that's a whole other story. Let me not digress. But yes, the caller is right. Amanda, she just put it on the table that Mario is out there um, stirring the pot. And the more he's stirring it, the more it stinks. And most of it is just his own S, you know what, that's really stinking around the place. Oh, poor Mario. He's got a lot of hate in that little heart of his. 
He needs some hugs. Can anybody give him a hug other than all these women he'd be trying to deal with? I mean, a platonic hug. Because he hates the premier. Only God knows why. Because we, well, I know why. Ween and this government wouldn't put him on a board because he was too, um, you know. Let me, let me put it this way. I, have an, I was having a discussion with a minister earlier, and I said, y'all need to be very, very careful of these board appointments because I'm disappointed in some of the caliber of individuals that you put on boards. But to their credit, they still didn't put Mario on a board because he is, oh, that, that, the anti-corruption unit would have been busy with him. Uh, they're making all kinds of promises in these streets to developers, the same developers. Now he won't cuss and tell about, oh, big developers, blah, blah, blah. Who you think had this man in, his ba- in their back pockets and he was ready to get on that planning board? You will have to grease my hand when I get on that planning board and I'll make sure your application goes through. So as much as the premier actually wanted to help Mario, and I can tell you, poor Wayne Panton, sometimes I really feel sorry for this man. Oh my God. I, I don't like to, listen, I don't have too many discussions with Wayne where he really um, probably tells me what he thinks, to be honest. But this was one um, right after the election and somehow Mario's name came up. And you know what Wayne said to me about Mario? And this really shows you, I think sometimes, when people are just good people. He said, I said, you know, Mario has a lot of um, things around him, like a lot of people saying stuff that he's done over the years, right? With handling of money and, you know, the truckers and the this and that. I mean, even people questioning, where does Mario even get money from? How does he broker all these deals for all these fast cars? And, you know, there's a lot of questions about legalities of certain things, right? Uh, the, the streets talking around this man. So the premier said to me, he said, Sandy, listen to me. At the end of the day, Mario's a Caymanian. And does he not need er, the opportunity to redeem himself? Just like other every other Caymanian, he has children, he has a Caymanian wife, well, sometimes, <laughs> whatever he feels like going back home. Um, you know, should he not have the opportunity to put food on his table like every other Caymanian? I said, you know, Premier, I can't really argue with you still. Because, you know, I guess a lot of us have made poor decisions, some more than others. But, you know, it's so funny that the Premier felt that way at that time, that Mario could go to this man, beg him for money to get his word of mouth platform started. And now all he does with that platform, because he didn't get what he wanted out of this government, all he does with that platform now is lambast certain people. So at the top of his hit list is Premier Panton, Jackie Dort from um, Dart. Um, uh, what's the woman there from government in the Premier's ministry? Um, Jackie Ahern. He can't stand her. I'm pretty close up at the top. A lot of people he doesn't like just happen to be women. And trust me when I tell you, that's not an accidental situation. Some people just do not like strong, impactful women. Like you're supposed to be in the kitchen barefoot and pregnant. And if you're doing anything, I always mispronouncing her name. It's Doak, not Dork. Yeah, did, I, did I say Dork just now? I thought it said Doak. <laughs> yes, Jennifer Ahern. So he really has a problem with um, women of a particular caliber. If he can't use you for his own little whatever and abuse you and whatever and run circles around you, then he really has a problem. And it is unfortunate 
Because I don't know what environment he was raised. He probably was, I don't know, was his mother a strong woman? I mean, I don't know what the situation is, but I always find it very peculiar when men have this particular feeling and attitude towards women. It's not normally a good thing. They don't respect women at all. They, they're just here to use women. Anyway, I'm digressing. So, you know, um, he seems to have some sort of agenda. I know him and Chris Saunders are awfully close. And so Chris is trying his best to use everybody that he can use these days to further his agenda. So yes, Amanda's right. From all that I've heard, the person who's pushing this storyline and this fake narrative is Mario on his platform. And it's unfortunate that then people are going to run with that and start posting that on social media as though that is the truth. Now, I think what we really need to try to do is remember how things were, right? Now, I know a lot of people didn't like the Four Cayman Alliance. They didn't like the restructuring uh, of West Bay Road. But I think if we were to be fair and balanced, right, remove DART out of the equation, because I think what happens to a lot of people is the second they hear the DART organization's name, they're not capable of being fair and balanced. Do y'all remember what Public Beach used to be like? Do you remember how you had to park and get to the beach? Do you remember the lack of anything in terms of accommodations and a proper play area and so on for um, our children, huts and all that kind of stuff at the beach? Do y'all really remember? Because I, I have to wonder, it wasn't like a great looking beach. Uh, we claim that it's seven miles. We know, in fact, it's only five point, I think it's 5.5 miles or something like that. But, you know, let us remember, I was able to, um, someone dug out some old photos for me. This is what it lo looked like. Remember the little parking areas that had the big rock boulders right there? And then when that ran out and you didn't have enough parking, you then had to park across the street and walk across West Bay Road and hope you didn't get run over by somebody. And just make your way across with all of your beach equipment and everything. So this is what Public Beach looked like. Do we have any after photos um, of Public Beach? My little assistant here um, now can send these to me. It has been an improvement by all standards. I mean, let me be very honest. Right? After Hurricane Ivan, do you guys remember where the beach was? It moved into the road. So all of a sudden, you actually had... Public Beach, now being Public Beach Road. And at the end of the day, my gosh, uh, you couldn't even drive on West Bay Road. I remember after Ivan. Yeah, I remember all the down-powered lines. It was like a domino down in West Bay Road, and you couldn't make it through because the beach was actually in the road. Setting the physical road back from the beach, in my opinion, is not necessarily a bad thing. So there was a deal that was brokered, and I'm going to now um, show you an after photo. So this is one of the before pictures, yes, um, of what Public Beach looks like beforehand. Lack of parking, lack of anything that made it friendly for families and you know people wanted to barbecue or do anything like that. You see those four little huts over there on the side, down on that side, that's what we had. All right, no, no proper playground area, um, no proper parking. So let me show you now. Um, oh, this is some of the progression. Oh, 
Oh, yes. Okay. So let me show you a little bit about how the um, area has actually changed because, yes, indeed, it has changed. All right. Let's do some aerial photos here so that you guys, again, can have your mind, uh, put your mind to how the road has changed. And now we have um, adequate parking. We have a proper play area. We have a, even have a, a calisthenics park. Calisthenics park. That's an exercise. Um, here we go. So that's what it was before. And now this is what it is after. All right. Y'all see it before they're not the exact same angle, but you still can get a pretty good idea that the offset from the beach has now been created. There we go. And this doesn't show, this isn't completed, but this is some of the progress that has been made. And then we see things like a parking area that can now accommodate hundreds of vehicles. And listen, there are times when you go on public beach and it is packed, the public parking, which can now accommodate, how many spots are we talking about here? Let me get, how many spots did we go to now? And it's completely full. But still, you can find proper parking at public beach. And you can walk on a pathway now to be able to go down the beach. We've got, well, uh, the government needs to do better with the restroom facilities, as we saw the other day. But, you know, the restroom facilities are there. There's a proper playground for children that was completely, you know, the kids can actually now enjoy themselves um, when going to public beach. Hmm. Okay. So it seems like this rumor is somehow tied in and linked to the near completion of Indigo Beach, Indigo Beach, Indigo, um, what's it called? Indigo Hotel, which is the last of a series of um, dark five-star hotels, which they've been planning for the past 20 years, that they are actually um, going to be completing, I think, the second quarter of next year. So uh, if you go by there, you see that it's making some serious headway and, um, you know, it's gone up and it's really on its way. This isn't, this hotel isn't anything new. It didn't just come about yesterday, right? So pick, this is how you must pick sense from nonsense. The hotel is in the last stages of completion. Now is when government would be talking about the swapping of land in relation to that hotel, beach area, that doesn't even make any sense. That's not how any decent organization, quite frankly, such as a DART organization, when I say decent, I mean like they plan out their lives. They don't operate by the seat of their pants, okay? They don't jump up tomorrow and go, oh, well, we're going to just throw this down here right next week. And so that's how it's going to go. No, they've got a massive... 50-year plan of what they want to do in terms of development. What, is, what does PAD stand for again? Give me the acronym, right? So they've got PADs that are already pre-approved by planning. And then when they do like a specific thing, they have to go back to planning with the details of that and to then get that specific aspect approved and go through the whole, all the red tape, all the requirements. They pay engineers, right? They don't mind, unlike a lot of other people, doing EIAs because guess what? They can afford it. So, okay, the government says we have to do um, an EIA. Y'all learn a new term today. Write this down in your notebook class. Siobhan, you're in the front of the class. I expect you to write it down. 
planned area development, right? And so this is when organizations such as this um, want to do these sort of larger projects, they will give planning an idea of, okay, Kimana Bay, this is what we have envisioned for Kimana Bay. We're thinking of a town center here, you know, housing on this side, condos over here, a uh, uh, school here, potential like, you know, companies, medical facilities on this side. And so it gives you like a overall idea well in advance of exactly what a developer is planning to do, right? So it allows people to actually plan ahead, including even the planning department, because they go, okay, this massive area of whatever acreage, you know, DART has submitted, somebody said it's like a master plan, yeah? DART has submitted this master plan for this particular area. We kind of know what's going to go in there. It's subject to change, of course, you know? They might come back and say, hmm, you know what? Um, we were going to put this particular building here, but maybe we'll make some modifications and request some changes. And then when you come up for a specific deployment of the master plan, you still have to go through the entire planning process for that. So every building has to do um, go through that process or every, you know, whatever it is that, that requires planning approval. So um, I think it's interesting that the foundation of this rumor is faulty from the word jump. Like it doesn't even make any logical sense. Because back in March of 2021, even before this government got in, was when Dart's Hotel Indigo got its approval. So why would the government now be talking to them about beach swapping and all that kind of stuff? It, 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 isn't, it isn't logical. And at some point, Mario, despite what you, you know, want people to think about your intellectual capacity, I'm going to encourage you to try a little something called logic. Try a little something called research. Don't just jump up and shoot off at the hip every single day and be saying foolishness that just isn't accurate. And then you get people up in a frenzy. And my question is, for what? We have some pretty important topics right now happening in this community that Mario will never touch on. You notice how this man never touches anything to do with child abuse, children, families, um, you know, any, any of this stuff. He only cares about some very, very narrow issues. And listen, that's his prerogative. But my point is, if you're going to care just about those narrow issues, that means that you have a lot of time on your hands to do some proper research. Come to the people with proper information. Stop inflaming people with misinformation and pure lies. So let's have a look at this aerial view. This photo is from um, March of 2021. So this was the proposed Hotel Indigo location in blue, right? Um, and in this, you can go back to this from 2021, and it talks about the 700 feet from its designated beach highlighted in green. 2021, folks, three years later, there are people like Mario and others who are trying to get you to believe that all of a sudden government is, um, you know, trying to give away land. That is not, please, I'm begging you to just do a little bit of research and use a little bit of common sense. This image and the details that I'm telling you were revealed back in March of 2021. Hmm? Now you see that blue area, Indigo Beach is up. 
you see the arrow, which is going to be like a footpath to this designated beach area. Okay. The Kimpton has their own. That's the Kimpton over on the left of this photo. Um, they have their own little designated beach area as well for hotel guests. Okay. This was already approved. The old planning board. Approve the planning application for Dart's new 10-story hotel near Seven Mile Beach. The application was for the 80 million, sorry, Hotel Indigo. Came before the planning board in February the 16th. It was uh, deferred, it looks like. Right? No input on the potential environmental impact of the project had been received from the National Conservation Council at the time. Now, here's something that y'all need to know. The reason why that didn't happen was because at the time, the cabinet of the day, which would have been the progressive, the PPM government, had failed to appoint members to the council. Now, I'm going to spend some time, folks, over the next week talking about this National Conservation Council, because this is another area that is subject to a lot of misinformation. And it is important that you guys stop vilifying poor Gina Ebanks Petrie, you stop vilifying the National um, Conservation Council, and you look at the facts as it relates to what it is that they are actually doing. So we're going to get the facts. How many applications do they even give any input in, right? What percentage? Because the fact is, it's like 1%. Why are we complaining about 1%, this council is to protect the environment and protect the little that we have left in terms of maybe some raw land. Sometimes they'll say, yes, you can build, but we need you to do this, this, and this. Is that entirely unreasonable? It is only 1% of applications that they even really consider and make these recommendations for. But the way that people talk about Gina Petrie as though she is this demagogue um, and the way that they have vilified her makes me very, very concerned. And we need to get to the bottom of this and we need to do some fact finding. So the next couple interviews that I have scheduled actually are in relation to this Natural Conservation Council. I need for you all to understand what is the National Conservation Council? What is it that they do? Who the heck is this woman, Gina Petrie? Because if you listen to certain corners of this community, it's like she's the big bad wolf with a pitchfork saying that we can't develop anything in this country. Is that the truth? We're going to get to the bottom of it. So the previous government didn't even appoint anyone to the council. And y'all want to put them back in office? <laughs> I mean, just have it make sense. They didn't care about the environment. Somebody reminded me last night, I had to chuckle to myself um, because I totally didn't even think about it. They said that John John was actually the last minister, uh, the last time he was in, I guess. He had environment that fell under him. And I said, he did? I don't remember that. Well, I guess I wouldn't remember it because he didn't do a damn thing for the environment. The point that they were trying to make though is that he's so hell bent now and go hung on um, let's push through this east-west arterial at any cost. They said, it, and he's willing to break the law in order to do it. They said, why didn't he do it when he was minister? He had four years. 
he could have built it or at least gotten it started in those four years. I said, oh, he was environmental minister. I didn't even remember that. Mm-hmm. John, John, you're not really fooling us, you know. This is what was reported back in 2021. Class A, pay attention now, attention. However, on the same day, February 16, 2021, cabinet rushed through appointments to the council and a report written to the Department of the Environment and the Hotel Indigo Project on behalf of the NCC was then submitted to the Central Planning Authority for consideration. Hmm. A government that is not even planning. They have such an important board, such as the NCC. And they sat there for God knows how long, didn't appoint anybody to the NCC. How long did that go on for? And all of a sudden, because an application finally comes in and, you know, DART wasn't going to let them sit there forever and not tell them, okay, do we need environmental impact, you know, assessment? What do we need to do? Because the law doesn't allow you to hold up an application because you haven't done your job. They could rush and appoint the council the same day. Wow. What a lack of planning and a lack of foresight. Hmm. Okay. Anyway, um, it was then approved in March of um, 2021. So I want you to, um, what are the things, by the way, that came out of that? There were some things that were requested, I think, of them, um, including the parking spots were increased slightly um, to, you know, accommodate more parking. Was it actually increased? Uh let me see here now. Did they actually I know that there was a request in response to a request from the CPA? Um, they submitted a plan with a revised number of parking spots from 278 to 305, but asked the board to reconsider its request. Oh no, I think that's another. Uh another hotel to revert to 278 feet. Let me confirm how many parking spaces if it was actually increased. But you know, there would have been some tweaks to it. It says here that the Department of Environment stated that um, it was premature to permit a further hotel development along Seven Mile Beach Corridor, which currently has many ho other hotels, is what they said at the time. And then in the report, DOE also raised concerns about the impact on Seven Mile Beach, which it said had been more crowded with the addition of another hotel in the vicinity. Similar concerns were also raised by um, the chairman and the DART representatives, um, at the meeting said that guests at the hotel would be directed via a heavily vegetated pre-pedestrianized pre oh, sorry, path to use the hotel's specially designated beach area north of Calico Jack's site. So that in fact, they're not going and they're not directing their guests um, to public beach at all. Not Seven Mile Beach, right? There is, my understanding, um, a lot of thought that has gone into um, including vegetation in the area, just like the footpaths, which, by the way, as an aside, I didn't realize the connectivity to Caymana Bay and, say, for example, the museum. Like, you can literally walk. You don't have to drive in a car or anything. You can walk because there's almost like these, are any of them underground? They're like these tunnels 
that you can kind of go through and you've got these footpaths that connects the property. I need a tour one of these days of the footpaths because I know a lot of y'all don't walk and you don't know anything about these footpaths. I discovered them a couple of years ago when um, CIS had an event where the kids at CIS had painted one of the tunnels. And I was like, where the heck did this tunnel come from? And then I realized like, oh my gosh, this allows me to walk from CIS straight over to the museum, not have to go over West Bay Road and get ran over by six lanes of traffic. And it's like beautiful vegetation, lots of flora and fauna. I mean, you almost felt like you were, you know, removed from Cayman for a minute. It is just so absolutely gorgeous. And there's a lot of those footpaths that have been created to connect their property. So even with the Kimpton property, they're like footpaths that allow people to walk and get access to their designated beach area. And the same thing, apparently, that's why you see in this photo here, that arrow is going to be where the pedestrian footpath is going to go to allow people to go to that designated beach area. So there's no beach swapping. This government isn't in discussions with anything like this, anybody like this. I mean, please, I really need for you guys to take a minute and, you know, I, I hate to say consider the source, <laughs> you know, but maybe consider the source and what is really motivating people. And um, I see Leanne says, but we had Calico Jacks. Obviously, the DART organization owns Calico Jacks. And it is actually my understanding as well um, that, you know, just like how, what is it called? Cocoloba is accessible to the public. Like anybody can go to Cocoloba, I guess, and sit down and have a drink. Is Cocoloba a full restaurant? I've never even been there. So I have no clue, to be honest. But this will be something, they will have a, an area there that will be accessible. Um, is it going to be exactly where Calico Jacks was? But anyway, that's going to be accessible to the public as well, where you can go and have, you know, I guess a drink and whatever else y'all do at these places. I don't know. Okay. So no beach swapping, no land swapping. Um, you know, I don't know. I feel like we need to find a job for Mario because what he's doing currently just isn't working. All right. Um, Siobhan, let's see what conversations we have going on here. Uh -huh. Let's see. Fit Jamaican girl says, big up my road. Thank you, my dear. Uh, Siobhan says, yes, please take a sip of your apple cider. Mm, a hot mess. Uh, there goes Easter camping, says Leroy. Why would you say that? Were you camping? in that designated beach area? I sincerely doubt it. Now, Leroy, this is where, again, we have got to be very, very fair. A lot of you, for many years, have been camping on dark property and you don't even know it. You know the camping that happens down Rum Point and that whole area? Who do you think owns that property? That's private property. And the DART organization has not only allowed people to continue to camp there, Leroy, but for the past at least four or five years, and we've done interviews on this, so this is where I need y'all to pay attention, they have went as far as delivering porta potties and big, the big garbage 
um, what do we call them? Bins, not bins, but the big, big ones, right? They delivered those to the site so that after you use their private property to camp on, you can actually then please use the bathroom and the porta potty and put your garbage in the garbage bin. Let's keep the environment clean and debris free. They've done that at no charge to anybody. They've taken that up up upon themselves. It is their property, Leroy. So I think that when it comes to this argument about private property, you know, sometimes I'm concerned about how people think that private property, even if it has, um, you know, by consent, you've been allowed to use it, that somehow you own it. And so, again, misinformation out there. They've not stopped anybody from camping on their property. All they have said is, please, leave it at least as good as you found it, if not better. Because unlike a lot of other property that you might be on, including even some government-owned property, the DART organization goes out of their way to try to keep their properties clean and in order. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know. Um, who want a drunk or someone who can't take responsibility for their actions? So Siobhan, <laughs> Amanda says, quiet, please. Um, I keep on saying it's like some of our people have Alzheimer's, says Amanda. What a hot mess. I tell you. Oh, yes. D does he go on about Wendy Ledger as well? I don't even know if he really goes on about Wendy, but uh, poor Mario. I don't know what to say. YouTuber345 says, as much as people deserve redemption, people like him are arrogant and feel entitled and feel like chance after chance is a must. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't understand it. You know, um, research after research has demonstrated, folks, that the more you elevate women in any community, any society, the more your society works better, you know? That's why in the most remote villages in Africa or wherever, once they put women in charge of like the little family businesses, you know, a little farming, commerce, whatever, like I said, undisputable research demonstrates that most women have a different priority. They're going to make sure that children get an education, that the next generation starts to learn a little skill. And, you know, so you empower women, in other words, if you want better results for your country. You don't hold them down and use them just for sexual toys. That's not what women are here for, right? Educate women. That should be a priority. And Siobhan says, a man who can't handle a strong woman is a weak man. Well, you can say that again. And it says more about him than anything else. Dean says, kaboom to that, Sandy. YouTuber says he's a chauvinistic sociopath. Well, I'm not going to diagnose him today, but there's a lot of people who probably would agree with you. Leroy uh, Marshall, he has a laugh out loud moment. He says, not barefoot and pregnant. Yes. A lot of men still think we should be walking around barefoot and pregnant, Shia. And the thing is, you know, someone like Mario, um, like, again, I'm not trying to insult his intelligence, but, you know, truth be known, he can't hold a candle to a lot of the same women that he's like hating on. 
He, he's definitely no more intelligent than them. He has not achieved their level of success in life. He certainly hasn't achieved their level of, of education, like nothing. What has this man done? Why do y'all, you know, let me just say this. Just even thinking about MPs, the next election will soon be here. Y'all need to start looking at people and questioning what have they accomplished? Huh? That makes you want to sit down and listen to them. It is easy to listen to someone who all they do is talk. They're not a person of substance. They don't actually deliver any results. Yes, I took my glasses off and now I'm going to sip my apple cider vinegar because I can give you the truth a little bit harder and a little bit colder. Yes? Why do y'all sit down and listen to someone who by any sensible measure really is a failure himself? What has this man done? Y'all think purchasing fast cars that you're crashing every other month into a friggin' tree, you're lucky to be alive, is a measure of any success? This man is so self-centered. He hasn't done anything for anybody but himself. But yet he's going to sit down and tell us what the solutions are for this country. What have you done? Show us where you solved the problem in your life. Huh? Where you've had obstacles to overcome, you've actually overcome it. We would love to see your success story. That's why I tell you all, be careful who you listen to and what nonsense you decide to take on board. Because now this morning, our community is up in an uproar about something that's a completely fabricated story. Government is not in talks with anybody. There's no beat swapping going on. None of that. And look at the energy we've wasted on this when we could be talking about crime, immigration, all these other important issues that we need some real solutions to. But, hello. I'm here for it. If we need to clarify stuff, then it is what it is. Good morning to John LaRue. He says, and a narcissist to boot. I mean, you guys seem to know him better than me, honey chow. I've not really spent a whole lot of time with him, but. Hmm. Let's look at um, what the Caymanian people got out of this um, for Cayman Investment Alliance. Good morning, Gabby. Um, she says, seems like that's their goal is to turn us into little Miami. Siobhan says, um, oh, she's talking about breakfast on each channel. All right. Miss Oline, good morning to you. Liana says, all this concrete just making this island hotter. Mel says, good morning. Has there been an any update on a local, oh, sorry, on a location for the public compound as part of the master plan? What public compound are we referring to? So we're going to go through the West Bay Corridor project. Um, we had to do some digging for this. We might try to see what else we could find so that we can understand, refresh for us some of our memories. Some of you may have never known exactly, um, you know, what was included in this agreement, right? So this is a bit of a uh, synopsis, if you will, of what was included. Mel, if you could clarify for me about that, I will certainly um, do my best to get you the details. So hold on one second now. Um, let me just see here. Uh, where is this PDF document? One second. Mm -hmm. I'm going to pull this up now. Right. Okay. 
So let me move this over to my other screen over here. All right. So the overview, the West Bay Corridor projects, um, projects, sorry, the Four Cayman Alliance taking a holistic view to thoroughly developing one of the most important areas of Seven Mile Beach and creating a new West Bay community area for the educational family and neighborhood events. The projects will achieve the four Cayman Lion objectives of economic stimulus and job creation, uh, extending and enhancing the existing public beach, which was done, provide additional public beach to the north, extend the Esterly Tibbetts Highway to Badabanu Road, provide 20 acres in West Bay for a new community to grow in and relocate a section of the West Bay Road to facilitate the development of the new four to five story hotel that will re revitalize Cayman's tourism industry, which also, sorry, while also creating employment and business opportunities. So let's have a look at the details. Public Beach was expanded by adding land to the current site. So Dart actually gave up quite a bit. I'm not saying that they didn't gain a lot, but they also, it's not a situation where government got nothing out of this. And so this is why it's important again to go through these details and make sure that we're getting it right. Existing facilities will be enhanced and new amenities added, all of which will improve the landscape community park facility, recreational play playground. Parking will shift to the east. The expanded facilities means people no longer have to park across the road when parking is full, creating a safer space for families and community functions. An additional new public beach will be provided south of the intersection at Yacht Drive as a result of combining the six-foot public rights of access required under development and planning regulations. The land currently owned by DART will be given to government. Hotel redevelopment. And there's some pictures in this. Let me just go to the next screen for your benefit here, folks. There's some pictures in this that remind us of, again, what West Bay Road looked like even after Hurricane Ivan, okay? So the Courtyard Marriott, which was previously Holiday Inn, closed uh, since 2008. It's going to be redeveloped into a new four- to five-store hotel. Feasibility studies are underway to determine brand affiliation, service amenities, and final design attributes. The redevelopment and reopening of the hotel will stimulate tourism and economic growth by adding significantly to the lands, to the islands, my sorry, existing hotel room stock, and will also create employment and business opportunities. Then we had the West Bay, West Bay Road alignment, which caused a lot of controversy. So the section of West Bay Road shown in orange, uh, Overleaf, and I'm going to show you that here in a second, will be legally closed, becoming part of the adjacent land parcels. Plans for the redevelopment of the former courtyard by Marriott Hotel and expanding Public Beach will mean that vehicular access between uh, Raleigh, K, and Governor's Way will cease and vehicles will be rerouted as described in the phasing plan overly. For pedestrians and bikers, however, a meandering bike trail, so, you know, let's be honest, there are a lot of people who do walk and who do cycle. They might not be able to um, afford a car. It's actually safer for them now because they have these paths available. For pedestrians and bikers, um, a meandering bike trail will be created between Governor's Way and Yacht Drive, uh, which will provide them with a safe and scenic coastal path. It's so interesting because just now, 
when I was thinking about that, I was thinking about the lady who unfortunately lost her life right in that area, trying to cross over, um, you know, the main road. And these types of paths that are created, and apparently there's a lot of them that people don't know about if you never walk, um, can be useful and utilized by people who don't have the luxury of being able to drive in this country. All right, so we have um, displayed here for illustrative purposes, the future site. So they showed you kind of drawings of how this was gonna go, what it is today, um, phase one, which is done, which was the Esterly Tibbetts Highway to Cayman Islands Yacht Club and improvements to Yacht Drive and Governor's Way. Phase two, construction continues to Esterly Tibbetts Highway from the Cayman Islands Yacht Club to Batabanu, section of West Bay Road legally closed. So that's that diagram there. And then let's talk about the road extensions and the road works that the DART organization undertook and made West Bay what it is today. People, everybody wants to move to West Bay. Oh yeah, I got land in West Bay. I got to charge you a million dollars because we not got no traffic West Bay. Well, good for you. But the reason why you didn't have any traffic West Bay was because of this redevelopment plan and the DART organization building that nice Esterly Tibbetts Highway. That's why y'all can boast about West is best. We don't have to sit in three hours of traffic to get to town every morning. Lucky you. So this included the Esterly Tibbetts Highway extension. So it was going to, they say, improve access to and from West Bay. We know that's the truth. The dual carriageway with sufficient carrying capacity for existing and future traffic will be safe. Um, alternative route between West Bay and Georgetown that will not be as accessible to hurricanes and flooding. DART is giving approximately 32.5 acres of land for the extension to the government and has waived its right to compensation. Hmm. Anybody got a calculator? Do some math for me. How much do you think 32 0.5 acres of land on basically West Bay Road, right? The Esterly Tibbetts Highway would be worth monetary value. Y'all get back to me. Y'all who are in real estate and development, tell me how much money I'd have to pay for that, please. That was given to the government and waived its right to compensation. Because even if the government has to take it, because the government has the right under the law to take land for expansions of roads and you know these types of things, they still have to compensate you for it. So as part of this agreement, they agreed to take, I will, we'll give you these 32.5 acres and we're going to waive our legal right to compensation. The construction value of the Esterly Tibbetts Highway Extension was in the region of $26 million. Then we have West Bay land. So in addition to funding and developing, and sorry, funding and delivering the road works for the Esterly Tibbetts Highway Extension, DART has given, again, at no cost to government, land for the new roads totaling approximately 32.5 acres. That's what we've just said there which includes, or is this another 32.5? I think the same 32.5, which includes a new governor's way, 
the Esterly Tibbetts extension, um, all the way down to Batabanu, and for the future Reverend Blackman Road. In addition, as part of the community investment component, maybe this is what um, Mel was asking about, DART has given the government um, approximately 20 acres, so there's another 20 acres, at the northern end of the Estelle Tibbetts Highway extension in West Bay Road. So government intends to use the land for parks and educational facilities. The total approximately 52.5 acres are related to the West Bay Corridor projects. I'm assuming, Mel, you can correct me if I'm wrong, that that is what you are inquiring about. Now, um, I see that the government has just issued a statement this morning. I'm going to send this to our team for Renee to put this up as quickly as possible on the website. But they've issued a statement actually in relation to this very same thing. So we will now um, get to that statement here in just a minute. You know, I think, Cayman, young people, we have got to decide what it is that we truly want. There is a real question of managing expectations of our people, first and foremost, um, people who come here to work people who come here to visit or visitors. And we have, we, we've got to get it together in terms of what is it that we actually want. So I was reading a comment yesterday about, you know, um, these properties in Cayman Brack now, Airbnb pricing so expensive and they're so high. And this person says, you know, she wants to be able to visit her family at Cayman Brack, uh, but she can't afford to do so because the properties that she wants to stay at are going for, you know, two or $300 a night and she can't afford it. She's like, you know, it's overpriced. Well, I mean, if you're a bracker, you would think that you'd have some place to stay with family, but whatever. I mean, I don't really know the dynamics of the situation. And then people commenting, well, why not go to the hotels? The Alexander Hotel is way more reasonable than that. Brack Reef Resort is way more reasonable. So where is it exactly that you're trying to stay that would be charging those kind of prices? So a few people start to say, oh yeah, you know, we, we overpriced ourselves. We only are catering to the rich. Every time I hear someone say that, I'm confused. I'm legitimately confused. Because I need to ask you all, Caymanians, what is it that you want? It has to be a balancing act, no doubt. But when you talk to people who work even in tourism, they want people who are going to come here and spend money. Are we catering to the poor? Because y'all are always about, no, 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 Sandy. We want quality over quantity. Okay. The quantity are your cruise shippers who come and spend an average of $25 on their visit here. Mm -hmm. And all these taxi tour buses and boat cruises and trips to Stingray City and little tourists shops in town and the plethora of jewelry stores, they're fighting over those cheap people who are going to spend an average of $25 a day. If you want people to come to your country and spend money, rent cars, go out eating, going out to, you know, different events and restaurants and so on, there's some of those people that will want a five-star experience, right? 
They don't want to live in my backyard. They don't want to camp out at public beach and have a shower on the beach every day. That's not the experience that they're going for. So when you make comments like, oh, we're only catering to the rich and we're sick and tired of catering to them, are you sure? Because I can tell you, the people who are in the industry, the taxi drivers, they don't want these cheap people coming here who are not going to spend no money. Who you see walking up and down West Bay Road, hijacking. Is it hijacking? Hitchhiking, sorry. (laughs) Hitchhiking because they're too cheap to get on the damn bus and spend a few dollars. So what is it that we want? We need to know what we want before we can tailor our, our entire island and our product to the right type of people. It's the same thing. Before you get up and talk to your audience, you know what they tell you? Know your audience, okay? Because that's going to determine your speech and elements of, of, you know, of focus, et cetera, et cetera. We have to know, Caymanians, what is it that we want? Simple question. Caller, good morning. Good morning, Sunday. Hello, my um, dear. Great topic, man. Um, and, you know, for years, um, not only me, but, you know, you've got some of the merchants, um, complain and saying the same thing. I mean, it's not their fault. It's not the, the government's fault, but it's, it's well, the government part, i got to say that back. But they need better um, organization of um, trying to bring out this platform because you have four cruise ships mm-hmm. will will dock into port. And like you said, they spend $25. Mm-hmm. And then, then the following day or the following week, you have one cruise ship dock and they spend a heck of a money. So the the, the more cruise ship you, you comes in that port, you know, I, I, I don't know if it's it's the rush. You don't get a time to pick up where you need to buy or purchase or whatever it is. But I know this for mm. years now. It, it's, it's, it's the less cruise ship, it's like, you know, the more money the merchants will, will make. But, you know, it, it, it's, it's something um, fathom that, you, that make you, you know, make you think, make you go, hmm. But um, yeah, the more cruise ship, the the, the less the mm-hmm. less money spent. But yes. then, um, great topic. Um, have a great day. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Nine three six two six two six, folks. You got to decide what it is that you want, and you can't be all things to all people, right? So the Cayman Islands can't fit everybody. You know that's why. The, the the sole reason I invited William on this program was to ask him some questions because I had a lot of questions. Seek first to understand before you seek to be understood. I wanted to understand him and what type of tourist he was even. Now, here's a dude who doesn't even remember where the hell he stayed. I was like, what? Oh, yeah, my wife did that. I don't know which airline we flew on. I don't know where we stayed. I can't remember where we eat. I just know some came in and insulted me about my skirt I was wearing, my traditional Samoan outfit. And I'm like, okay. What were your expectations? Do you know what a Caymanian looks like? You know, this and that. Like, I had some real questions. And after having some of my questions answered, I must tell you that I was, like, less than impressed. Hmm? What is it? Yes, Miss Stacey, come. She's bringing my little tissue for me. My sinuses are draining a little bit this morning. Thank you, ma'am. You know... When we even talk about the room stock, the available room stock on this island, 
Um, there's a real question about that. And during high season, I can tell you it is challenging for people to find a place to stay. And y'all say, we've had enough. We don't want any more tourists. Okay. If that is what you want, and I'm saying just tell us what you want. If you say we want no more tourists, we're happy with no further growth. Make sure you understand the implications of that. Hmm? The cost of living and inflation is going to increase whether you have economic growth or not. You're saying no more growth, no more tourists. We've got enough. Don't build anything else, accommodate anymore. We have enough now. And so that means if you have, I don't know what the room stock is. We can get those statistics from the Department of Tourism. If you have 5,000, um, and I honestly don't know what it is, but if you have 5,000 in terms of room stock, then that's it. Okay? Someone is reminding me, thank you for the reminder, they're saying, Sandy, and it's not just about room stock and what the hotels are making, but remember, for every single room that is rented, government gets revenue from that by way as of the government revenue source, which is a tourism accommodation tax. So every person who pays a room or an Airbnb, they are charged a tourism accommodation tax, which is money that goes into the government coffers. And I mean, it's into the millions and millions of dollars. Again, we can get some, some solid numbers that allows government to have money to spend. And they spend that money on social projects. Um, they might be spending it on capital projects, developing things. So if we're going to say, let's have a retraction in growth, let's pull work permits, let's not do this, let's not do that, then I want to make sure. As them old people used to say, be careful what you ask for. Because when you get it, we don't want to hear no complaining then about, oh, my God, the economy is not growing. We're not making no money. This, that, and the next thing. You can't have it both ways. There is a necessity to have a balance without a doubt. Yeah, that's so true. We need balance. And if we've tipped the scale in one direction too far, then we got to figure out, folks, how to quickly you know, make the necessary adjustments to untip it. I have no issues with that. And while y'all cussing people like Wayne Panton, there's a lot of people who argue that that's exactly what he's trying to do. He's just trying to say, hold on, let's not forget the environment because you screw that up. What are people coming here for? They're already complaining about what are they coming here for, but they're still coming here to dive and you guys are going to hear, you know, I think it's so, I just love talking to older heads because they teach me stuff that I had no clue about. A couple of days ago, I had the opportunity to interview Mr. Um, Burns Ruddy, 91 and a half years old. And he's talking about the early days of tourism because they were here. They know what they're talking about. They're not no Johnny come lately. Like Mario trying to tell us how it was when he was even fucking, he wasn't even alive. Excuse me. He was not alive at the time. Hmm? These are people who lived it. And I said to Mr. Ruddy, I said, Mr. Ruddy, tell me something. 
um, what did people come here for? What was our culture? What were they looking for? He was like, Sandy, and people come in to dive. And I was like, dive? What do you mean dive? Dive into Cayman culture? Eating our food? He was like, uh, no. Diving in the ocean. We have beautiful environment, beautiful ocean. That's what they like. And I'm thinking, but where is this Cayman culture we keep cussing going on about? Hmm. So they were coming here for the water sports. He's like, yep. Not for our food? No. Maybe to meet our people? Well, I guess if they met them, but they were just here for the diving. This is in the 50s when tourism and stuff was just getting started. And by the way, the Cayman Voices series is sponsored, let's all be clear on that, by the DART organization. Because when I was out there looking for sponsors, I said, this is an idea I have. This is what I want to do. Somebody told me in government, they lied. They said, Sandy, I cussed these people in, in government because they told me they were going to do this, this same style of thing that you're doing and you're doing it all by yourself. And I said, well, I am grateful for corporate sponsors who make it possible for me to be able to do it, such as the DART organization. And as soon as I mentioned the idea about Cayman culture and you know our heritage and whatever, they were on board a thousand percent. I didn't have to make much of a push for it. They were like, yeah, this is the kind of stuff that we like to get behind. I was like, really? Okay. It wasn't a hard sell. Another Cayman Voices interview y'all need to go back and listen to was with Miss Susie Soto. So when Ms. Soto was talking about, you know, the first hotel there that she had in East End, and she's trying to hire Cayman, and she says in those days they hired Caymanians. And still, she was hiring people, hiring Caymanians, and they were telling her, no, I can't do that job. I can't face people. I don't know how to talk to people. Go back and listen to her interviews even Miss Cleo, she said Miss Cleo was like a sister to her and she had to build up her confidence. Yes, you can do this. You have the ability to talk to people. This is why I'm saying that we as Caymanians also need to have a very close look at our own shortcomings as individuals and as people. I don't know what it is. Is it, is it the way that we were raised? I mean, I don't have this issue. But it's also noteworthy that I spent 15 years of my formative years overseas. Nobody can't roll up on me, right? And tell me that I can't do a job. You just got to show me how, how to do it. And I can get it done. I have the work ethic. I have the brain capacity. I can talk to people. I can sell ice and Eskimo too. Just give me a chance to do it. But our people don't even have that, what's the word that I'm looking for, right? Whatever. To be able to just go out there and face people and sell and do this and do that. We look like we're scared of the world. Good morning, caller. Hello? Caller? I can't hear you. Uh-oh, call us back, honey chan. So the office of the premier issued a statement 36 minutes ago. The rumors in relation to the proposed swapping of the public beach for London House, Victoria House, or any other property 
are absolute nonsense. You can imagine the premier is having to take time to address this rumor, but I'm glad he did. He says it is simply, it simply is not true. The government has never been involved in any such discussions. If this rumor campaign is deliberate mischief, know that this government won't be distracted by the lies and misinformation thrown from the shadows by nameless and faceless cowards. Ooh, honey chow. Oh, Premier Panton grew some kahunas this morning. We have the people's work to do, and that work demands our attention and our focus. Good morning, caller. Hi, good morning, Miss Sandy. How are I you? Beg- I'm good. I beg to second what you said about Cayman and afraid of talking to people. They're afraid of, mm-hmm. um, you know, being exposed to certain stuff. And mm-hmm. because I have a lot of Caymanian friends, and they always say to me that you're so old. Okay, yes. Do do Why do you and think we're afraid? You can find that inside of you. Yes. It is inside of you. You have to push that out. There's nobody that can get it out for you. It's not difficult to be outspoken. And if if if, if you feel um, uncomfortable to do that, then I feel like something is really wrong. If you can feel uncomfortable to talk, Mm-hmm. To interact and socialize with people. I don't know how I don't know how or why people is afraid of mm-hmm. interacting and socializing. I feel like that is one of the best things you can ever do is to interact and socialize. Yes, and be because let's be honest, in tourism, it's probably the one skill that you really need. Exactly. You know, when I go into um, I'll give you an example, caller. Um, I enjoy Casa 43. You know, they have some good food on the menu, honey chow. So when I go in there, there's a bartender there. I'm trying to remember his name now. I can't remember his name, but he'll know. Christian. Yes. Mm-hmm. When I go in, Christian is like greeting you. Hey, Miss Sandy, what's going on? I mean, it makes you feel like you're welcome. Exactly. Like you want to be I there. Don't know why. I don't know why. Because most of, most came on and they are very shy. Even even when you go to business places and they're talking to you, they're not really looking you into the eye. They're shying away. They're turning their head. They're holding their head down. Why? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I don't know. And that is and, 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 and that is not professional because I feel like working in the tourism era or even places that you have to, to be with a, a wide variety of people, the um, customer service oriented, I feel like one of the best things you can do is when you're actually talking to somebody, and you're actually staring them dead in the eye. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you gain that confidence. Yes, that's the word I was looking for. Caymanians lacking it's, some it's, confidence, yes. Yes, and it's not hard. It's not hard because when I was back in Jamaica, going to school, growing up in my community, mm-hmm. there, they, they, they used to have this yearly pageant that they put on, you know, like they call it Miss, Miss Maypen or Miss Clarendon. Or so, mm-hmm. so we normally enter from we were going to primary school. And right there and then, we gain so much exposure. So all of the children that live in the neighborhood, that they um, were a little bit shy, is like being out there and interacting with different people and socializing with different people. It actually takes all that shyness away from you. Mm-hmm. But you have a lot of money and they, they like stuck up. They don't want to talk to people. If you if if you even say good morning to a Kenyan that came on and they barely even want to answer you, they pass you no good morning, no nothing. Mm-hmm. But sometimes for me as a Jamaican, mm-hmm. I am really, really I real I feel really bad sometimes when I go to places and like you say good morning and nobody answer. I I'm not used to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they they are like that. 
And 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 I feel like they need to step out of their comfort zone and just be be themselves. Don't try to be anybody else. Just be yourself. Mm. Hmm. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I mean, it, it is a peculiar um situation to be quite frank. It is um Miss <laughs> Brenda just joining us. She said, What did I miss? Good morning, Miss Brenda. Um it looks like Perla's happy to see you. She says, Yes, Brenda is in the house. Well, I tell you what, um, you know, I, I'm reading some of the comments here, and there's some people um who are saying you know, um, Nikki says, well, there are cruise ship passengers who spend way more than $25. That's the average. And that that statistic is coming from government. I mean, I'm not making it up. Um, I might have to get some updated figures, but that's what it is. Um, Lee, uh, Lavana, sorry, says, I have been on many cruises and cruises, uh, cruise ships and cruises, and they really, really don't spend any money on land. Then they run back to the ship when it's time to eat because it's included in the cruise price. So let's be honest, with the exception, there are some high-end cruises that you can certainly take, but a lot the appeal for a lot of people with these cruises is the fact that you have an all-inclusive situation. And, and a, lot of, a lot of travelers also enjoy that all-inclusive vibe for hotels as well. And here in the Cayman Islands, correct me if I'm wrong, but we don't have any all-inclusive facilities. Jamaica has a few um, like the Sandals properties and what is the other one called? Rui or Rui, whatever, you know, where they're all inclusive. You eat, drink as much as you want, and it's a flat fee. And that appeals to a lot of people. Cayman has not a single all-inclusive facility. Good morning, caller. Good morning, Auntie Sandra. How are you doing today? I'm good, honey. How are you? Yeah, yeah. Not doing too bad at all. Wonderful. It's... You see, well, we're talking about the other morning that a lot of people mightn't understand me. Mm-hmm. Was when I said it took us, it took us 20, 30 years to get repaired. We is, and it's not gonna happen overnight. Now you mm-hmm. hear that later just called. Mm-hmm. What Jamaica doing? What Jamaica done socially for its people? It isn't happening here, mm-hmm. and it's not gonna happen overnight. You got to build confidence in the Caymanian people. The Caymanian people been beaten down, licked down, kicked down, and kept down for 30 years. I don't know how come the people can't understand this. Mm-hmm. And you uh, just sit, pick up. Not all of us could just sit, pick ourselves off, dust off, and be gone again. It's a social problem that is going on in the Cayman. The Caymanian people have the confidence has to be rebuilt again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's the thing. But let me, ask you, let me ask you a question, um, caller, because... As I was as I said this morning, listen to people like Miss, um, for example, Miss Susie Soto, and I have to question: Have Caymanians ever been truly confident people? Well, you got you got to remember this time that this is from slavery. Slavery we're talking about now, mm-hmm. way back when. So that's that's what happened. We have to be we got get social social um so, social um social courage. And be and be built up socially. The Jamaican mm-hmm. people that happen or other other parts of society done it. Remember mm-hmm. Jamaica rise right, right up against slavery. We when mm-hmm. we rise up against slavery here, we were we were we were suppressed, you know, easily. And it and it kept well, on from this. Did so we far. did we hold, hold on now? Hold on. Did we ever have an uprising here? We not had no uprising. We were we, always bending we over backwards for everybody. No, we did try it. Remember the lady there, um, Long, 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 long
So one, one, she was a one-woman band, though. Long Celia. No, yeah, but I mean, it started. It started. We had a small, small couple of uh, what you, what you call revokes, but 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 they put a handle on to it. Easily, mm-hmm. I remember we were a, we were a small island too. So so the little the and, little and, couple and, of and to be to up. be fair so, to our and caller to be fair to our history, we didn't quite have the same. It was still slavery. But it wasn't quite the same experience because domestic slavery, where you're practically living with the slave master, wasn't the same as the big plantation environment. So we were easy to acclimate to being slaves and thought, oh, it's okay because they kind of like me because they might make me sit on the doorsteps and throw me a little crumbs here and there and they can breed me and have children. So we thought, oh, we're liked. And so there was well, a lot of early integration between the slave owners and the slaves. Well, that's what happened throughout throughout our history, and that's why and that's why that's what brought us to the situation too. We think we think the enemy loves us, so that's 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 a part of the of the of the social uh, the social the social courage and inspiration that we need to be be built back up on. Too. So it's it's a it's a big focus that need to be done mm-hmm. on the Caymanian people. And it's not gonna happen overnight. It's gonna take us another twenty years to build to build a generation. Mia, you mightn't see it, but another twenty years mm-hmm. or thirty years, the Caymanian people. If we focus on the Caymanian people, we mm-hmm. gonna get there. It's not gonna happen overnight, you know. Yes. Like 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 the thing with the permits we were talking about the other day. Mm-hmm. It's not gonna happen overnight. It's gonna take us another twenty years to get back to get back our country mm-hmm. in, in 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 that aspect. But a focus has to be done on the Caymanian people. And and, and the Caymanian people themselves, let me say this as well, caller, the Caymanian people themselves must be willing to get out of our comfort comfort zone and take the reign and step forward and step up. Well, you see, the the older generation, Mm -hmm. they're not going to happen as well. Generation next, next, and next, and next generation might start. What a mess. Well, I'm I'm starting with me, honey, (laughs) Chia. I'm starting. Yeah, I agree. Me too. But thank you, you know, so it, much, Colin. We need to look for the generation in front of us. Okay. Yes, thank you. I appreciate it. All right, nine three six two six two six. I don't know. There was some sort of feedback with that call. I'm not sure what was going on there, but nine three six two six two six. So rough seas says I want a whole lot more tourism on the island. It won't be considered because people came and thinks we should stay the same, but this is killing our tourism product. Hmm. Interesting. Shaka Zula says, Sandy, don't forget that women have um, a better track record for avoiding war and global conflict. That's true. Uh, YouTuber says it's all based on lack of exposure. We have some Caymanians who would never let their children enroll in certain programs because it's too white and it's for the rich people. Living away does wonders. Ooh, honey child, where's my kaboom button? YouTuber goes on to say, even at the staff parties, everyone is afraid to sit at a table that has senior management. Change your company and you'll see how the conversations change and how your misconceptions are also wrong. Goes on to say, let's not get it twisted. Jamaica has some unexposed and dark mentality people as well, but they have a population of millions and an aggressive society that makes you become defensive and outspoken. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. What a ting. 
YouTuber says, I'm a generational Caymanian. My father was a seafarer that traveled, um, that traveled the world twice. And I was taught that no one is better than I am. The same things I'm teaching my kids. And you know, the irony of a YouTuber, I mean, this is so shocking, but in many respects, the other thing that I'm learning is that it seems to me that our forefathers, because they were seafarers, actually got more exposure to the world than we have. Some of them, as you said, your father went around the world twice. 80% of Caymanians haven't gone past Florida and Jamaica. And we can honestly think we are developed? Like, seriously? Who is this Carlos Brown commenting these ridiculous comments in the chat here today? Carlos, we don't accept any violence on this show and we don't accept such comments. So please go find yourself somewhere else to make these ridiculous comments. You're going to now be blocked. I don't know who you are and what your story is, but I'll do you the favor of blocking you from now. I don't even know who he's referring to. Hmm. Mm -mm. Beatrice, good morning. Says, um, a majority are aloof and indifferent Caymanians are generally not inquisitive about other people. Hmm. I, I don't know. Like I said, our forefathers did a better job <laughs> of finding out, you know, and going all over the world. Good morning, caller. Good morning, mom. How are you? I couldn't be better, mom. Couldn't That's be better. beautiful. Uh, forgive me if I might repeat something of what you've said. I've been working on some stuff out in the field today. But mm -hmm. someone called me and said I should call into you in connection with the uh, public beach being a rumor about it being given away. Um, a disclosure, uh, just to let anybody else know that uh, I am working on part of the Concerned Citizens Group, which has been working towards getting right-of-ways registered for the, over 30 years and to avoid the problems because our right-of-way issues, the first record I can find, it goes back to 1966. Mm -hmm. And government has neglected to do and continues today to neglect what should be done to get this issue fixed. The Public Lands Commission. But um, has never uh, Billy, can I can I make sure that you're on target with the actual issue that we're talking about today? So we're okay, not talking about me, access me, points yeah. and rights of way. We're talking very, very mm -hmm. specifically about this rumor that is floating around mm -hmm. that government is doing some sort of land swap for the Indigo to Hotel. Okay, all right, okay. Are yeah. you are Very you gonna speak on that, that or are we gonna change topics? Very much, no, 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 well, it's okay. the same topic. It's, it's that the, where the um, Indigo Hotel is sited in the earlier maps that had been produced and shown to the public, that should have been a camping site area uh, for all the various millions and millions and millions of uh, benefits that would accrue over the next potentially 50 years to the DART organization. 
uh, probably into the billions and billions that Donald Trump would say. Um, you gonna quote Donald Trump and and the truth in the same sentence? Okay, all right. I think th I think you're using some faulty logic this morning. I'm just saying, but continue. I'm just. It's an unending. <laughs> I, I, it's an unending amount of benefits, future benefits that will accrue to that organization or whoever inherits that organization, uh, going over many years. Um, so the that site was shown where the indigo is as being the site for camping to be done as to expand the camping that was done on the public beach. But that is not the only area on the West Bay Beach where camping took place. For decades and decades and decades, camping took place at other areas on the West Bay Beach, some of them just north of the Kimpton Hotel. And all of these areas are shown in the 2017 uh, access, each access report that was done in all three islands by the Lantern Survey Department. Mm -hmm. In, in uh, 2000, you can look that up on the, the I'd say 1170 pages of pictures and measurements and all kinds of stuff showing those accesses. Mm -hmm. Included in that report was the uh, was the areas that over 500 or about 500 people submitted to government in 1999, May and June of 1999, submitted to government 500 affidavits uh, from West Bay, West Bay Beach, South Sound, primarily the areas. Other people did a few in Northside. We're not part of that. We tried to find out from them, but they wanted to do their own thing. Uh, of these 500 affidavits that were submitted for the registration of land uh, under the prescription law, that those have never, ever been registered. Now, when the PLC was being formed, that was formed with the stated purpose to provide a vehicle to get them registered. Well, the prescription law already provided for it, and we realized that that was just dragging, as they would say, a red herring across the road to try and let the tracking dog not understand what they were doing. And the, these areas north of the Kimpton have now been uh, partially blocked for the vehicle access, but people still get there by driving down Raleigh Key Road. And the, the social events, birthday parties, weddings, and camping still take place on those areas as they, ha as they have had occurred for many, many, many years. There's some people that go there that are in their 60s. And as, what, as one lady from Scranton told me, from time I came to knowing myself, we've been coming down here camping. So after Indigo was done, and I think that was traded out of the so-called NRA agreement by the amendment number six in 2016. And at that point in time, they also did not give any alternative area that would be for a, a camping area. 
And that public beach area that's there was originally, of course, we had a road going there before the road was stolen from the people of the Cayman Islands. And just north of the Rackham, not Rackham, um, Calico Jacks, there was a 12-foot vehicular right-of-way. And then at the end of Raleigh Key Road, there's a 12-foot vehicular right-of-way supposed to go to the sea. Both of those have now been unlawfully blocked, as have the ones at Royal Palms Coral Caymanian. And that, those matters are matters that are in currently going through court since October the 30th, 2019, and have not reached a conclusion at this point in time. Um, and that action was brought by Mr. Dart company because the, the government of the Cayman Islands, the Attorney General, the Registrar of Lands, and the Public Lands Commission are defendants. And then when the government was not going to defend the case, and the case was going to be heard in secret on October the 30th, it was filed as an ex parte filing, which means in secret. We found out the day before on the 29th of October, 2019, and we, four of us signed on as what's called interveners to represent the interests of the Cayman Islands when the government of the Cayman Islands was not representing the interests of the Cayman Islands people. They had betrayed the Cayman Islands people. And up to now, it still remains the same thing. So back mm -hmm. to this camping area. I do not know, nor have I heard or seen any evidence or got information firsthand that there have been meetings with the DART organization to swap out the public beach. Now, in violation of the National Archives and Records Law and the Penal Code, Section 119 and 121, they have had meetings with Mr. DART and I know the dates of those meetings to discuss various things, representatives from the PLC and others. And there are no minutes for these meetings, no records of keeping the documents that DART produced at those meetings. And the section 121 of the uh, and Danny, I mean, um, here we call you, Danny. Ahead, um, that's all right, that's all right. Billy, that's when, right. when, were, called, when were these meetings? October, November 24th, 2021 is the one. Okay, so I want to I want to make sure that we're very, very clear because we're trying to clear up a rumor uh -huh. that is in 2023 mm -hmm. and is about this PAC right. administration, about this government right here, right now. As I said, I know nothing about okay. that person. All I right. said that. Well, let me, let, let's, let's leave the that, comments. Uh, yes. No, it is, here is what's happening. And here is why you get rumors. When you do not trust the governance system, both the political and the civil service, to act in, for the benefit and in the best interest of the people of the Cayman Islands, mm -hmm. and they have proven that they have sold us out in the past. They gave away the West Bay Road. They wouldn't even allow that matter to come to court. And the judge that was in that case, Judge Henderson, went to work for Dart's attorney, where he currently works after he retired. I'm not saying anything went on, but I'm just talking about optics here, okay? Mm -hmm. And a relative of his is a partner at that same law firm. 
and the Westfair Road case was not allowed to be heard because it was out of time because in trying ordinary Caymanian people, when the government is taking these actions against you, when you try to get a lawyer to represent you, and if it is going against the DART organization, you have two problems. One is to get the finance to do it. But the second problem is when you go to law firms, they tell you plain and straight, we're conflicted because we work for DART, so we cannot take your case. So you run out of law firms locally. And at the middle of, October, of April, Mr. Nigel Gale, the government attorney who was handling the matter, and they got involved finally in mid-2021, in June, July 21, they started to take up the matter of the Royal Palms, Carl Caymanian, and, and, and Kimpton right-of-ways that have been taken from us or blocked. And he informed us in the middle of April that the government was conflicted in representing the PLC in any of these matters and that we need to get an outside attorney. Following that meeting, that was verbal. Following that meeting in May, he put it in writing that you need to expedite to get an outside attorney to handle it because the legal department was conflicted in handling a matter that is of interest to the people of the Cayman Islands when the legal department is funded by the people of the Cayman Islands. We pay for that department. And if they can't take up our interests, and if other interests, they're conflicted for what they've done for them, then something is fundamentally wrong with our okay. government. Okay. Can I, I ask you, we've we gone over 12 minutes. I don't, I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to, okay, but, well, but it's, it's you know, I, I'm trying to, um, I'm trying to get people to stay interested in what you're saying. And normally after 10 minutes, a person's attention span has... Okay. That's what it is. Give me a call. Yes. Anybody that might be interested. Okay. All right, folks. You call me. Um, that's the fact. That's what they're doing us. Yes, they're okay. royally over us. All right. So, but I, I do want to be clear. For the purposes of this rumor, we're not talking about 2021, because like I said, March of 2021 is indeed when Indigo was, um, you know, <laughs> when they got their approval from planning. Totally different government, totally different board. We're talking about the here and now. The allegations are about the here and now and whether or not this government, this is what y'all are up in arms about. So I want to make sure that that question is sufficiently answered to your satisfaction is doing a land swap. Ms. Brenda says, thank you, caller, for always sharing your knowledge. Ms. Olive says, Lord, please protect Miss Sandy. Eyes this morning. Lord, please don't let Miss Stacy give her no more apple cider vinegar mixed with question mark. Thank you, Lord, for answering my prayers. Oh, my gosh. Miss <sighs> Olive would like for him to be featured in Cayman Voices. Why not? Um, Amanda says, I got sleepy. Miss Brenda says, listen, class, this is how you know what's going on in our little two by four. I think it's probably a question of how it is delivered. 
And so let me make a recommendation. There are a lot of people on this beautiful island who have a lot of knowledge and information. And without a doubt, Billy Adam is one of those individuals. He's a very knowledgeable man. I'm going to do a shameless plug for Bobo. Nobody's encouraged me to do this. Nobody's paying for this, but I think this is a good idea. Right here on this show, on the station, you can get your own show. Whether you're an environmental activist, you're maybe your niche is human rights. I don't, I don't know, whatever. You can actually get a show of your own where you can spend in-depth time going through all of whatever topics and issues are important to you. And I think that I would like to see more. I'd like to see the expansion of talk radio on this program. Not on this program, but on this, on this station, I should say, properly. Contact DMS Broadcasting. You know, you pay for the time, so pretty much you can say whatever you want. Siobhan says, I was tuned out of that conversation. Oh, gosh. Miss Darlene says, hold my belly. Amanda says, me too. I kept out but had my timer on. Rough C says, as a matter of fact, that is when that guy, William, should come to Cayman during Easter camping because this is the most cultural thing we do in Cayman, and he will still be disappointed. <laughs> Thank you, Ms. Brenda. She says, absolutely, please get, uh, get to him, Sandra. He has so much accurate knowledge and history to offer. All right. So um, the government has responded to the allegation. We've just read you their response. Other people listening to the program, this person says, it seems that DART does a better road infrastructure planning than government. <laughs> they properly plan roads and access uh, before they develop any of their properties. I mean, listen, they have the resources obviously available um, to do so. And um, yes, I've always said, you know, they build their buildings and their projects to a particular standard that nobody can argue. They're not going to build a building that that in six months is going to be falling down like that complex we see in Breakers, that's for sure. Somebody, I can't remember if it was Rough Seas, that uh, made mention of those, um, at the time, I was very critical of them, and I remain critical of them, those little huts on public beach. Did they finally remove them? Because I don't think I've seen them there for a minute. They took them away, right? You know what the funny thing is about those? Um, let me see if I can find this post because I'm pretty sure I posted it on CMR. And I was like, you can't even bend over. We Caribbean people, child. Don't they know that we have big bonkers and hips? You can't bend over in a hut that size without knocking it over. Talking about they were there for tourism, um, for, you know, vendors. What vendors? No, sir. I'm trying to find that post. Anyway, um, what I later discovered, you know, we were cussing dart and blaming dart for it. Very, very interesting. When I started to do a little bit of digging, lo and behold, the, let me try and get it right now, Public Works designed those huts and told dart how they wanted them built and what size they were to be built. So the irony of it is that DART was simply following government's instructions. 
(laughs) Maybe government needs to leave certain things alone because they were the most impractical things I have ever witnessed in my entire life. Made no sense whatsoever. And proof, they were never even used. Uh, They're gone now, right? Where are they? they? They became something at the landfill? Are we repurposing them in any way? No, sir. Um, I'm trying to find that post. What would I have called it? Beach. I don't even know if I call them huts. I don't know what I would have called them. Let me see. I'm trying to find that post, honey child, because God knows that was a severe disgrace. Oh, yes. Oh, that was vendor application. They're still there? I see a picture from May 18th. Oh, God, they're horrible. Can we get rid of them if we haven't already? We can repurpose the wood, I believe. Someone said that John, John designed the huts. <laughs> oh my God. I'm still trying to find that post because I was like, this is this is this is several years ago. I said, no, honey child, we, we gotta do better than this. We we can't be putting this on 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 uh-uh. vendor kiosk. Let me see. Did I use oh no? I'm trying to see what I would have talked about. Oh, yes, here's my post from October the 12th of 2019. This is what I posted. I said, these are the new houses for the craft market at the renovated Seven Mile Beach. Are we the only ones not terribly impressed by these? Super small. Uh, I said, I expected a little bit better from Uncle Dart, to be honest. Well, lo and behold, it wasn't Uncle Dart. Uncle Dart had a slip of their mind and decided to listen to government because government was the one who was like, okay, this is how we want it done. And da, 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 da. you guys just spend the money and get it done. So Dart built these, become public works, said to build these. Somebody at public works should have been fired. Honest to God. Let me show y'all because y'all probably don't even remember. But I don't even know if they're still there. I might have to go. I need to go visit public beach, child. I need to spend more time on the beach. Uh, Let me see now. Where did I just put this? Yes, honey. What a hot mess. I mean, they were just, I'm like, okay, you expect a vendor to, where is this? Oh, there it is. You expect a vendor to be able to fit themselves in there, supposedly, I guess, and then also fit stuff that they're selling? No, sir. That never made any sense to me. See, I'm here. It's not even big enough for my dog, Zeus. He'd turn around tutus and he'd be falling out the window. But this apparently is um, is what Public Works instructed Dart to build. Hot mess. And it's no wonder I said, you know, I expected a little bit better from Dart because I've never seen Dart build anything that looked this ridiculous yet. Give, give, give people credit where credit is due. They do do things a particular standard. Oh my gosh, what a hot mess. Um, Marshall says, I agree that anyone can get their own talk show, but who will be tuned in if they aren't talking about relevant topics that people are interested in hearing? Amanda says, no, we don't want him back here. Leave him in the U.S. making him fix America's problems. (laughs) Oh, my God. Ms. Darlene says, uh, Mackenzie says, listen to what they want and who they want to listen to. Huh? Um, 
Leroy behave. Uh, Strong Wilt says, hey, Sandy, you remember those government houses that Frank Field had built for Caymanians? You can't even turn to time. Yeah, you can't even turn to time in them. Turn two times. Oh, sorry. You can't even turn two times. Well, they no longer exist. They all fell apart. They were rusted. Bathtubs were too small for people to fit in. That was a complete waste of money. My God, what a project. Mm, mm, mm. Somebody just said the biggest pile of crap and waste of money. That was proven. I'm, I'm afraid to say that's why y'all will never vote for Frank again, because he could not manage that project properly. No, sir. Um, they were built like SH. You fill in the blank, says this person. Marshall says some people, um, chicken coops are bigger than those huts. <laughs> Oh, Siobhan says, oh, yes, I'm kind of remembering those now. Mm -mm. Um, Let's read some more of your comments. That's funny. Yeah, that was a massive failure. Uh, yes, we just read that issue on air. Mm -hmm. All right. This person says, um, let me see here now. Where are we starting? Okay, so this person said earlier, Victoria House was a condo and a beautiful piece of Seven Mile Beach that was destroyed in Ivan. Dart bought it and has been undeveloped ever since. Just a very beautiful piece of beach with big pine trees. Um, unfortunately, 90% of the parking spots at Public Beach is taken up by construction workers from the Indigo Hotel. Oh, I'm going to go by there. The vendor kiosks are still there and supposed to be used whenever the vendor licenses are approved. You should put on a pair of shorts and go there on a cruise ship day so you can get harassed, offended. Oh, sorry. <laughs> harassed, offered drugs and sex too. The place is out of control. Oh, that's public beach. That's that's what we want at public beach. So if I go there in shorts, I'm going to be harassed, offered drugs and sex? Ew. Maybe I'll have to go undercover, honey chair. Um, so, so, someone says, hi, Sandra. Those huts were designed by John Doak, Jackie's husband. It was commissioned by Dart. Uh, that, my fear, I can tell you, is a fact. While other sources have said, and we can certainly ask for proof of this, that um, the... Public Works Department is the one who gave them the dimensions and the instructions of what to build. Now, the good thing about it um, is, you know, especially when it comes to government uh, documents and stuff, we can find out. We can say, show us the email, show us the paper trail. Someone within DART said, we built them at the direction of government. Hmm, we can certainly get to the bottom of it, but uh, um, this one says, morning, Sandy, as per Mr. Billy's comment, sounds like even government and the private lawyers are afraid of going up against DART on the controversial issues. Well, they have before. There's been litigation involving DART, so I'm not, you know... Quite sure. Without a doubt, folks, there are um, there are 
Somebody just sent me some. There are people who, um, oh my God. Y'all don't, y'all are not gonna believe what somebody just sent me. Totally off topic, but anyway. There are people who, um, you know, the deeper your pockets are, the, the harder it is to, to fight these individuals. Trust me, I know from personal experience. Um, this person says, Mario needs to tell the public who beat him up and why when he claimed he was in an accident. Mario's as shallow as they come. I've witnessed him having a conversation with one of my family members. Yeah, invite her on the boat. She has big breasts, in quotes. My mouth just drop open. They're apparently looking at women determining who gets invited on a boat trip because of how they look. Well, I am one Caymanian who's mouth not going to join church, mindful of your expressions. Lord Jesus. Mm -mm. Wow. Um, this person says, John, John promised his Bodentown people the new road, and that's why he flipped floppy. And then time is running out now, so he flipped floppy again because PPM said, come over here and get more members. We got the we get the road for you. Well, they were there for 12 years. Why couldn't they do it then? Uh, someone is saying, please don't forget the lighting in the public beach bathrooms. Um, that still hasn't been fixed. Listen, there is a um, division within government that is responsible parks and recreation. They're actually responsible for the maintenance of things like the bathrooms and, you know, the public spaces now that they've been built by somebody else. I mean, I don't think you can sit down and expect DART to maintain it. It is government property after all. Um, and I, I dare say, I don't know who's in charge of parks and recreation, but they need to do a better job. A lot of government-owned facilities are in dire need of upkeep and maintenance and regular cleaning. Ah, yeah, yeah. All right. So let me have a look here now. Um, mm-hmm. All right, we do have a couple of videos um, that we're going to um, play today. Uh, Shady AF, that's Mario. What a hot mess. Mm-mm. I tell you what, people seem to know what's going on around you. I'm just saying. Um, so someone, I'm going to answer this question. And then, um, oh my gosh, I forgot. Thank you. Call, this caller just reminded me. I'm supposed to call Miss Magdalene. Ma Mag Magdalene? Hold on. Um, I did finally get a WhatsApp message from her yesterday. And so I told her that I was going to call her this morning during the show. Hold on one second now. And I am a woman of my word. Trying to find her number. I spoke to her this morning. Um, poor thing. She's so stressed out. But I wanted to give her the good news. All right, here she is. Let's give her a call. Hold on one second, honey chill. Um, Miss Magali. Uh-huh. Magali. Okay. And plus, we want to get an update from her as well. Can we hear that? 
that audio sounds a little bit low this morning. Miss Magali, morning. How are you? I'm not too bad. It's my head bothering, but I'm okay. Your head bothering your poor thing. You under stress, yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to touch bases with you for two primary reasons. Um, the okay. first one being, can you give us an update? We did call yesterday again the RCIPS. We finally got a hold of Mr. Brad um, Ebanks, and he has promised that he's going to get someone on it. But up until yesterday, have you had anybody call you from the RCIPS? Okay, somebody called yesterday afternoon, but I oh. just said I went inside the house to get something. When I came, I tried to call, but they didn't know who was calling me. Okay, so, yeah. so I'm going to ask them to call you back then because you missed the call. Keep your phone okay. handy. Yeah. So, so look, look, I mean, look at that. We spoke to Mr. Brad in the morning, and by afternoon, you got yeah. a phone call. We're still waiting on, on Inspector Bess. We're still one call the day before told me to call Bontown Police Station and see if they could help me in that area. But I never did go by there. Well, we're still waiting on Mr. Best because he claimed from the 15th he was going to have somebody call you. But anyway, all right. We got right. we got to stay on top of Mr. Ebanks now. Have you heard anything okay. further from um, Mr. Samuel Campbell about your money? No, ma'am. Nobody haven't called him. I haven't called him. Mm. I haven't called him. My God. Because we call him, he got, got a phone block. So I he blocked you. Him. Yeah, mm. I just called him. answering. I did about week before last he didn't answer so i don't call him anymore yeah because then he'll claim you harassing him child so yeah, um he yard or nothing i just stay away yeah so listen um to god yes well they say god works wonders but god also helps those who help themselves so but miss yeah. magali listen i wanted to give you hopefully a little bit of good news here this morning so yesterday during the program, I was saying to people that we were going to help you. We're going to try to help you, whether it's through the police or however it's going to go civil court to get your money back from that old crook. But um, yeah. in the meantime, we know that you need a little funds to try and get a place of your own because you're kind of caught up with people. And that's, you know, an undesirable situation. People need their own little space. So we put together a little donation for you. The good people that listen to CMR have pulled some resources together. And so um, I've got pledges that amount to, I need to redo my math, but we got you covered for the $1,300 that that man stole from you. So I want to be able to give you those funds um, in the next day or so. People are still sending the funds across. Uh, would you be able to contact me? You just WhatsApp me and then I'll get you a bank draft and give that to you. Okay. I can give you my account number on your WhatsApp. Uh, do you and bank you with CNB? Yeah, that's Bank. the best bank in the Cayman Islands, honey child. Yeah, All right. Well, you, yes, that's wonderful. You send me the, um, the WhatsApp, uh, send me via WhatsApp, your bank account number and make sure you tell me if it's a checking or savings account, and then I'll it's send the funds savings. over. Yeah, saving. It's, it's savings. Just, yeah, save. yeah. All right, my dear. But look, look at the wonderful people of this community yeah, coming so together. I said yesterday, tell you all time. So listen a little bit of it. Yes. But I miss you at first. But when you called, I was at the airport. I just came into the brat for a couple of days looking for my husband because his mother was sick and then he got sick up here. So I had oh, a company to the machine for him. So I came and bring that yesterday. So I'll be back down my next couple of days. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, you take that money and try and find yourself a place. Um, yeah, I'm going to find a place. Yeah, hopefully with a better landlord this time. Yeah. All right, Miss Magali. Um, we'll, we'll continue to press the RCIPS to get back in contact with you, and try to keep your keep your phone handy. Yeah, I love the talk show you're doing this morning. Thank you, my dear. Because I've been enjoying. I've been watching it from 
about 7.30 I started. I'm still watching it. Yes, I appreciate you. Some people make bad things, but some people make good things. But, you know, they just like I pay people mind sometimes. Yeah, I mean, but you know. But I came out and Jamaica women saying that people don't talk. But it's the truth. Mm-hmm. Sometimes some came out and don't talk to Jamaica. So, you know, they didn't have an attitude. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I talk to anybody. Yes. I say hi or hello, good morning. Yeah. So I make myself feel I am. I'm okay. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely need to, um, yeah, we, you know, we need to, we need to help each other. All right, my dear. So we're going to, we're going to try and get you sorted out, my dear. So at least you can get a little place. Okay. Thank you. all. And and we got chase that man for your money. Don't think he getting away with it. Now, you know, he's not getting away with that. I told my daughter last night, he's not getting away. I still take him to court when I get back next week. Yes. Yes. Well, let's see what the police can do. Cause as far as I'm concerned, he stole, he stole your money. So we need to. They're not doing nothing. I don't know why they're not. Yeah. They got telling me to go back down to the man next morning and see what he can do in each different district. Cause he's for that area. He's for Baltimore, Eastern and Savannah. But mm-hmm. I never even go Sunday morning because I went to church and said, oh my God. Mm-hmm. I didn't go. Wow. Yeah. Thank you, my I dear. I appreciate it. Okay, thank you. All right, okay, darling. Thank you. Okay, good. <sighs> so many people taking advantage of poor people in this country. It's just unbelievable. And you know, they do it because they think they're going to get away with it. And so we have to ensure that they're not getting away with it. All right. Um, thank you so much. Some of you are reminding me to send the bank account details. I'm going to do that right now. Miss D, sending that one for you. Who else I needed to? Um, all right. So, okay. All right, folks. Um, very good. So listen, got a couple um, community tidbits that we're going to go through. Um, Rough Seas says, I could use some donations right now. Listen, Rough Seas, a lot of people are in need. Um, you know, we wish that we could, uh, you know, Blake and Aaron were joking about some Powerball. How much is it? Some, some billions of dollars that we could do a lot of good if we had that kind of money, but we don't. So, um, you know, we we do what we can. And, um, you know, it's it's really horrible when people are taken advantage of everybody i wouldn't say everybody but a lot of people are definitely need rough seas so i hate to tell you that that's a norm but mm-hmm. johan is in the house complaining about his brownies again look like he says i have to admit that the way you pursue this matter with miss magalie is very admirable rough seas 1.6 billion dollars my goodness i wouldn't even know what to do with that kind of money even after taxes that's a lot of money my goodness. What would you get after taxes? Maybe a billion? Whoa. All right. So if you're um, a um, business person in this community, or sometimes even just a consumer, you might be interested to know that there's now a connection between Honduras and Cayman um, by way of getting materials here. So we had the opportunity on Monday evening to go. The first ship was coming in. It's going to be coming every two weeks. And so I wanted to, um, you know, give you guys a little bit more information on this. So we were there at the event. We were able to interview some of the players. So we've got an interview that uh, we're going to play. This person says, please tell Johan that those brownies are long gone because they're taking dibs on it. They don't want me to give Johan any more brownies. They said that they, um, they want the brownies for themselves. Hot mess. All right, here we go. All right, so good evening, folks. We are here with an entire team of individuals who have an exciting 
venture that's going to be for really the shipping world in the Cayman Islands. I know a lot of people are very, very excited to see this um, happen this evening. So first of all, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about what is actually happening. Um, so who would like to go ahead and start out first? Good evening, my name is Lucy McKenzie, and we're here trying to start a new road yes. between Honduras and Cayman. We're from Rotan, Honduras, and the ship would be coming in, our first ship, in a few minutes. In a few minutes. Right. So this is sort of the inaugural trip, For voyage, trip. if you will. Yes. yes. Um, and it sounds like, I know you're partnering with Miracle Brokers, we're going to speak to Ms. Irma here in just a second. But the idea is to allow easier trade between um, Honduras and Cayman with this direct ship. So tell us a little bit about how the anticipated route will work. Well, it's supposed to be every two weeks. Yes. That's the plan. That's how we got it scared, you know. Okay. If everything goes well, whatever. We committed for a year that everyone knows that now that we're making one trip and not be back the following trip. Uh -huh. We hope to keep everything in order and on schedule. So. If anyone want to bring anything, they can contact us. Yes. And of course, um, Irma Arch is here from Miracle Brokers. Miss Irma, you have done a phenomenal job over the past 30 plus years of really, um, you know, being there for the community and offering innovative opportunities. This seems like another one of those. So can you tell us how you're feeling about this new partnership? Certainly, Sandra. I'm so excited to be here this evening with this group of people bringing in a new service to the Cayman Islands. It's something I've been wanting to do for many years. And finally, we were able to get together and work logistics and the finances out. Um, and I just want to welcome Island Shipping to the Cayman Islands. Yes, beautiful. All right, so um, we've got some additional members of the Island Shipping team um, here. So tell us a little bit about what your role is. I know you've just literally gotten on island. Yes. So uh, you must be very excited to we are. be here. We're very excited. We're very happy with Ms. Irma for accepting our, um, our agreement to help us get into the Cayman Islands. Um, island Shipping is very grateful yes. to be able to do this. This is a mm -hmm. great opportunity for everyone involved. Right, and your name, just so that everybody, yes, okay. Um, hello, uh, my name is Caesar, and I'm very happy to, to be one of the first, you know, like, uh, group of, uh, one of the first companies to send products on island shipping, right, and being able to send products all, all, the, all the way here, so it's, it's a big step for us too. Okay, Thank so you. you're actually um, representing a company in Honduras? Yes. Yeah, yes. it's, its name is Madeso, uh -huh. and we sell all kind of uh, products for building materials, okay. and we manufacture building materials too. Wow! Yeah. So you must be very excited because there's a lot of construction. Yeah, going on over the here. And, yeah, we're happy to be for the first time here, right? And with yes. Ion Shipping that gave us the opportunity to be here, it's very good for us too. Okay. Yeah. And I understand that actually on this first ship, um, a customer here in Cayman has supplies from your company. Yeah, he's he already bought uh, some uh, certified concrete blocks. Yes. We, uh, we sent about, I think, 10,000 blocks already. Uh -huh. So they're going to be here and some samples of pavers and all stuff. Yeah, other stuff. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Okay, very good. And what's the plan then to get other companies in Honduras to know a little bit more about this opportunity and get on board? We with, are marketing yeah. um, the idea, the route to every provider that we know. We're getting the word out there and there's a lot of um, 
everyone's everyone wants to know. Yes. So we just wanted to make this first trip so that everyone has an idea of what's going to be happening, and we're here committed for a full year mm -hmm. to yeah. get everything going. Beautiful. All right, Irma. So of course, um, I know you're the Cayman connection. So your office will be handling all of the logistics and paperwork and clearance and stuff on that side of things. Certainly, yes. Um, all the documents and everything start going out tomorrow, and then from then on, every two weeks, people. So what what they're doing are they're getting certified people in Honduras mm -hmm. that's going to be able to bring their fruit, vegetables, um, building materials, and everything here. So I think this is where it starts to market to get people to start buying from them. So that's where we're going to go kind of backwards. Yes. But um, that's our intention. So we have okay. a marketing team that we'll start with. Okay, beautiful. All right. Well, congratulations. Thank this you. is very Thank exciting. You. Thank you. All right. All right. So we're here with two business owners in the Cayman Islands. Um, you guys, I know, are extremely excited about this opportunity. So tell me a little bit about you know what you think of the idea and what your initial thoughts are. It's very excited, uh, Sandra, because this will face very much prices and it's been in the making for decades. Finally, it's happening. What was needed was transportation. This has been going on for many, many years. There was no ability for transportation. Today, island shipping make it possible and make everyone in this island the opportunity for small business owners for anyone who wants to bring goods and pass down to the consumer because one of the most important things right now is the cost of living. And the cost of living is so high and we're hoping that the island shipping will be the channel to actually touch directly to that issue as consumer. We're hoping that everyone in the Cayman Islands and as Hondurians business owners also will be trading with Cayman directly instead of going to the United States and pass down those prices to the Caymanians is a great opportunity. Plus, we observed in the pandemic that we was not able to get goods from the United States. We was in a big trade because we might not be able to buy food. And now we have directly with Honduras trade, which we are more safety. And, and also in the war with Ukraine, we was very much affected. And we are hoping that this will be a big door for Caymanians to benefit from consumer prices. Yes, that beautiful. is the goal, and so thank you. So you see a big savings Absolutely, for the and yes. we just know that it's going to be better for the Cayman Islands. Yes, wonderful. What are your thoughts, sir? Okay, me, my sister almost said... Everything. The most, yeah, everything. Uh, you know, we excited, Express Shipping Cargo, my company. We excited because we believe we go get better service, faster, yes. better prices, and uh, take care better of clients. Yes. So the situation like my sister mentioned is uh, we right now we had to move cargo from Cayman to Miami, Miami to Honduras, and also we pay double. We had to pay from Cayman to Miami and Miami to Honduras. So that cost coming to the client. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's why the cost so high. Now directly we go money faster and uh, better prices and better service in the Sunday. Okay, Thank beautiful. you. All right, so again, folks, a direct route coming straight from Honduras to the Cayman Islands. Um, we'll have a look at the ship here shortly. I think it might be coming in. We'll see what it looks like, but it can bring in all sorts of cargo, uh, containers full of you know building equipment, food supplies, whatever. Um, so all of that is going to be organized. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank too. you, Miss Sunday.
All right. So um, a new route. Yes, caller. Good morning. Uh, morning. Sandra, can you explain me to me so what the gentleman was saying? Because I didn't understand nothing he said. <laughs> he said, listen to his sister. His sister said everything. <laughs> I have a question. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we're always putting across and throwing it out there for the small businessman about this English test. Has our government, the question is for our government, sat down and put their employees to the test? Because I'm pretty sure a lot of them can't even hold a sentence in proper English language. But the, if you're going well, to let, let's out, be clear say, about. No, 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 let's be clear. Government <laughs> or no government, private entity. If you're going to put this out there for one man, one man, you put it across the board for all. You cannot expect the small business owner or the big business owner to, to follow your rules when you're hiring people. They can't even speak it either. Mm. So if you want the team to follow, you need to lead. I am just being honest. Well, the Eng but hold on now. The English language test is only for foreign language speakers. You're you're saying that um, government who... Girl, be quiet. That man is a police officer for Royal Police Force, okay? Those that know him know this. And I am shocked to know that after being here for so many years... I could barely understand what he was still saying. I, I couldn't understand it. And it's not about humiliating him. I'm trying to understand. That's why I said, can you tell me what he said? Well, I mean, I understood him. I mean, he obviously has a very strong Spanish accent. But you remember what I said the other day? We have someone who got out of jury duty because he was able to tell a judge that after 30 years of living in Cayman, he doesn't speak enough English to um, conduct you know, his civic duty of being on jury duty. But people get out of jury duty any way you put it because you, I, I don't even want to touch that topic because the way. Well, I'm just saying that, you know, I, I don't I don't know what options are available for people once they're here to properly learn English. I don't know if anybody offers an English language course as such, especially when English isn't your first language. It is definitely. Um, you got people that speak basic English. You got people that can actually hold a conversation but can't read you got people that can read it but can't hold a conversation we know we have that we got listening and reading right mm -hmm. my thing is if you're going to put somebody out in the front line like that and if mm -hmm. you're going to make it so hard for other people in society you should implement it on your own well here's what because um here's what inspiring has said inspiring has said well let's start with this um, TOEIC, is that how it's pronounced, which is the test, uh, the English language test, is yeah. a grammar and listening test, not a speaking test. And I'm actually sure that many English speaking people can't even pass that either. Yeah, no, no, I am 100% agreeing with this. Um, what you said, inspiring or inspiring or whatever he, I, I'm talking to you over the phone. I 100% agree with him because me myself have sat the test. And I can tell you this. A lot of Archimanians, a lot of Jamaicans, a lot of people that speak so-called English language would not pass it because some of the words are in UK, labor, for example. Some people spell labor L-A-B-O-U-R. Some spell it L-A-B-O-R. And when you're doing that test, they give you a version of, I don't know who idea was to generate it, some of the words are in UK, English language, and some is in US language. So you get all confused. When you're using the word like 
apostrophe de. We don't use those words. We learned them in school, but we, when we're talking, we don't use them. So a lot of us will feel it if it's even by one point. So if you're going to implement something, you need to know for sure that you yourself can pass it. And I'm pretty sure there's government officials that have sat that test and will agree with me today with what I'm saying. So mm. if you're going to put something across, I mean, put it across for everybody, not just for one person. It's the same thing. I'm not, it's not about picking on this man because I really don't know him. But it's like all the Filipinos that they're hiring as well. Just the other day, someone was complaining about it. They couldn't even understand what the officer was asking them. They couldn't well, understand. Well, maybe maybe there's a necessity for a more practical test. All right, caller. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. All right. What a hot mess. Um, I mean, I, I didn't have a problem understanding him. Obviously, he has a very, very strong accent. It's like when we had the interim CMO, y'all were complaining, but you could understand her. It had nothing to do with her ability to speak English. It was just her accent was very, very strong. And there's some foreign language speakers who um, are more proficient in uh, English than native English speakers because y'all didn't pay attention in school. Let's be honest. All right, next up, speaking of education, please know that UCCI has many um, offerings that you can take up to improve yourself, including English, if you wish to do so. So by all means, um, you know, go and avail yourself of the opportunities there. Um, uh, Inspiring says that that test is not for Cayman. It's a university test, not for someone coming to work here. I've never seen the test. I've not had to sit the test, but I was an English major. So I'm sure I would probably pass it with flying colors. Um, there's shipping produce, says this person. They're not a linguist. So let's move on from there. What a hot mess. All right. We caught up recently with UCCI and uh, spoke with Dr. Robert Robertson. Here's what he's had to say about some of the things that they've got going on at that university. So we're delighted to be here again with um, Dr. Robert Robertson at the University College of the Cayman Islands. He's the president here at the University College. Always some exciting things going on here and we like to check in occasionally to discuss what some of those things are, keeping everyone in the community abreast of those developments. And of course, the first thing I should say, Dr. Robertson, is congratulations. I understand that you guys have broken some records recently in terms of the admissions for for this particular um, semester. So tell us a little bit about that excitement. Yeah, we're really excited about it. And I think you can tell coming to campus that the students are as well. There's a lot of energy around the campus, a lot of activity. Uh, we're currently just over 1,400 students and we expect to be over 1,500 by the end of the term because basically we're open enrollment and we have multiple enrollment cycles through the term. So the traditional enrollment is complete. Those students are in for the September to December kind of cohort. But we have other professional development courses that generally generate anywhere from 100 to 300 students. So even if we get 100 students, we're over 1,500, which is a record for sure. Wow. So it's, it's really an exciting time and, uh, you know, it generates its own challenges. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, you have to have the space to house all the students. You have to have the instructors. But, but people are really pulling together to, uh, to make it a good experience for the students, which is really what we mm -hmm. want to do. Absolutely amazing. What do you attribute the increase in, in numbers to? I think it's a couple of things. I think, mm -hmm. first of all, I think the brand is improving. Uh, I think people mm -hmm. are talking more positively about the school and its offerings. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think word of mouth, uh, people vote with their feet. And so they, yes. they talk to their colleagues and uh, they are having a good experience here, then they're inclined to come as well. Uh, similarly, we're getting a lot of support from, uh, 
you know, from different uh, businesses providing uh, financial support to us. Uh, that tends to generate some interest as well. There's scholarships available, not only the government scholarships, but scholarships and work opportunities with different businesses. We have mm -hmm. two or three that will be announced in the next week or so, and in talking to them, that's precisely why they're giving money to, to the school, to help mm -hmm. young Kamenians achieve their academic and professional dreams. And so those are happening on a pretty regular basis now, and I'm really pleased about that as well. Mm -hmm. Now I understand that a large, um, the largest area really of growth has been in the TVET section, which I was a bit surprised to hear. Right. It's not only TVET. I would say mm -hmm. it's more workforce readiness generally. Right. So IT, for example, big uptick in IT, mm -hmm. uh, which is desperately needed in the Cayman Islands and, and throughout the Caribbean, frankly. Mm -hmm. uh, but also there's a, there's a big uptick in uh, trades. So some of that is through dual enrollment uh, mm -hmm. with the guidance and assistance of the Ministry of Education. Uh, but a lot of it's just, uh, you know, young people looking for a, a trade that pays well. And yes. so uh, an HVAC technician, we've had a really hot summer. If your heating and ventilation mm. system's not working, you look to that person and you're going to pay whatever it takes <laughs> to get that working. So, yeah, a lot of interest in those areas. Yes, absolutely. Wow. Well, that's fantastic. So definitely congratulations to yourself and all of the staff. Um, here and as well as the students at uh, mm -hmm, University mm -hmm. College of the Cayman Islands. So you're not stopping, um, you're not going to sit back and say, all right, we've got high enrollment numbers, mm -hmm. we're done here. Let's, you know, be satisfied with that. I understand that you've got a lot in the works coming up into um, the next term as well. So give us an idea of what else is planned. So planning's already started for next term. I mean, mm -hmm. we just started this term, but we need to kind of think ahead and make sure there's physical space and instructors and those types of things. But one of the things we're really using as a kind of a strategic lever is a is a document that was recently prepared with the financial assistance of the Resembid grant that we had. It looked mm -hmm. at the skills gap in the Cayman Islands and mm -hmm. looked at what areas we really need to focus on. Hospitality was one of them, mm -hmm. IT, uh, the trades, um, and try to br bring professional certifications to the table. Mm -hmm. So in the next term, we're really looking at shorter courses, accelerated completions, but industry certifications to go with them. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not saying the academic side should be ignored, but they should be supplemented with industry certifications mm -hmm. because employers are telling us that's what they want. Right, absolutely. And of course, those certifications um, are useful for people who may be already in the work, uh, workplace, in the workforce for a number of years, and just want to do that additional bit of training. Correct. Yeah, yeah we have students. Uh, I think the last I heard was sort of 16 to 60. We have students mm -hmm. of all ages and a lot of people are coming back to, to retrain, to upskill is the term that people are using mm -hmm. uh, because they, the, the job they were in is maybe a dead end and it's mm -hmm. just a job, it's not a career and they want to have more of a career focus. So, um, and that's happening quite a bit. We're getting a, a wide range of, of students coming in. Mm -hmm. And speaking of the Resembid program, recently you had your graduation um, mm -hmm. ceremony for, I think that was the first cohort of students that actually right. did that program. So tell us a little bit about how successful that program was for you. Well, that's another piece of the puzzle in terms of branding the program. So 52 students graduated and I think mm -hmm. the publicity around that and the fact that most of those graduates ended up getting a job, which was the whole plan, the whole plan from the beginning, um, that's what generated additional enrollments. And so uh, that was really helpful and it also mm -hmm. introduced those students. I've talked to some of them who said, you know, getting that first certification was not as hard as I thought. Mm. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on and get level two, for example, in, mm. in CCER or another CompTIA certification. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's what I tell students. I was in a class this morning and I, 
I say to them at some point, education is like you know eating an elephant. You have to do it one bite at a time. Mm -hmm. Like find your interest area, but don't try to consume all of it at once. You just won't be able to do that. Mm -hmm. And so if they can generate a plan for themselves, and you might deviate it from time to time. You might drop out, go to work, maybe to support yourself or your family. But you know, keep your eye on the prize. You want mm -hmm. a better life. You want a better career. You want better income. Mm -hmm. And so if you stick to it determinedly, you, you're going to achieve it. Yes, absolutely. And what more can we expect then in terms of the Resembent program? Is there going to be additional funding? Correct. Yes. Yeah, quite a bit actually. So you will see some physical changes. So the next changes will be around the campus, mm -hmm. uh, providing some energy sustainability solutions. Mm -hmm. um, the camp, it's older buildings, and so mm -hmm. we, uh, we bleed a lot of energy, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So we now have an energy audit that shows us specifically where energy needs to be mm -hmm. conserved. And so we're going to do some things like double glazing windows and doing some things that mm -hmm. will save us energy costs. Um, in addition, there will be solar panels placed on the uh, on the hall. Mm -hmm. uh, the hall is an emergency shelter, and so um, panels there will be very beneficial for a variety of reasons, including the fact that it's a it's an emergency shelter. Mm -hmm. So if power goes out, that building ostensibly could generate its own power if it's if it's worked correctly. Right. Uh, in addition, one of the things that will come is a campus master plan. Uh, the campus is kind of older and you can see it's showing some strain in certain mm -hmm. areas. So there's buildings, there's parking, and um, you know we have a nice courtyard now in the front, but mm -hmm. we really need to think about where else could we put buildings or perhaps maybe go to a, instead of a series of two-story buildings, maybe one or two four-story buildings mm -hmm. that have more green space in the campus. I'm not saying that's the solution, but at least look at it. So we've been charged by the ministry to do a campus master plan, and that should be complete probably at the end of Q1 2024. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. You keep been very, very busy. Yes. Yes, this is fantastic. So I also understand that uh, one of the last times I think we were here visiting the university, there was a lot of excitement around um, a memorandum of understanding that was signed between yourselves and a uh, university in Massachusetts. And I understand that that is gaining some positive traction mm -hmm. as well. So perhaps give our listeners a little bit of an update on so, where that stands. Yeah, I think, I think those, um, there's a number of those agreements that we have signed or, or are about to sign. So one of them is with New England Institute mm -hmm. of Technology, which is actually in Rhode Island in Providence. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we, um, we have a, a partnership with them now to try to offer some courses here, perhaps even virtually, that we don't currently have. Mm -hmm. We're not trying to uh, reduce our brand to, to build theirs, but you know, there's some synergies where you know one plus one equals two, for mm -hmm. example, or three, I should say, instead of two. Um, so we're working with them on doing some things like that. Maybe some uh, uh, some joint virtual classes on the same project, and then present to the to the joint uh, class. Uh, maybe some things around uh, instructors to improve mm -hmm. uh, their credentials. Um, those types of things are really important. My understanding is there are already 12 Kamanians who have applied for admission to New England Tech since you first saw them mm -hmm. about a month and a half or two months ago, uh, mm. just based on the quality of the programs that are available there that we just don't have, frankly. Mm -hmm. We're also looking at another agreement, by the way, with a school just outside of Tampa. It's called St. Leo University. Mm -hmm. It's one of the largest Catholic universities in the United States. Uh, fairly easy to get to, um, nice location, but and again, the point is um, not to try to divert Kamanians from coming here, but to give them options. We're all different. We all have different options mm -hmm. that we want to pursue, different programs, different locations. And if we can do that with some credibility, it helps, it helps our students. Mm -hmm. 
Now, a large part of um, traditionally your sort of student population has been uh, civil servants. Mm -hmm. So I know that you guys had actually, in conjunction with the civil service, really had some very specific offerings that were geared towards them. I think at one point there was um, a public administration uh, course. So give us mm -hmm. a little bit of an update on what's happening with the civil service college mm -hmm. and um, how you're continuing to partner with them. So we're working with them to try to develop some pathways again for civil servants. Um, it's fairly common that civil servants in other countries have worked with universities and tried to uh, you know, develop the skill sets that they need to, to perform effectively in, in their jobs. So we've had two or three preliminary meetings with them um, around some specific areas, one of which is IT, which obviously in the public service and in many industries people really need. Uh, but also courses in public administration, like you say. Uh, that's a work in progress right now, but we're confident we're, we're able to produce what they're looking for mm -hmm. and hopefully have an announcement about that in the next month or so. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Well, it's always a pleasure to do a quick little catch-up with you. Mm -hmm. um, to Again, our listeners are very, very interested in what's happening here at the University College. I was very pleased to see so many young faces here. Um, some looked awfully familiar, so I know yes. that I've seen them at John Gray campus. So it's wonderful to see them transition uh, over to the University College of the Cayman Islands as well. What do you have in place to really support, especially the new university student, mm -hmm. to help ensure their success? So there's a number of things, and we were talking about this again today. So we, we do have a course, basically, on student success or student life at the, mm -hmm. at the university. So, you know, kind of a course to introduce them to the differences between, say, high school and, and here. Um, I, as I was talking to you earlier, I, I tend to go to a number of the first-year classes mm -hmm. as well just to talk to them about my experiences and share with them, you know, my thoughts about it. Um, but we also have faculty who are very engaged in doing that. Um, so mm -hmm. they, they, it's not like you're ha holding their hand per se, but you're trying to give them a soft introduction mm -hmm. to the school and the, and the university, which is quite a bit different. You know, it's not as structured. And so you have room to go off the road a little bit mm -hmm. if, you're, if you're not within the guardrails. And so we try to give them some guidance and support. Uh, in addition, we have a very active student life area, which um, has uh, professionals in it that can talk to people who have specific issues around you know, maybe course load or, or some family issues at home, or frankly, just some issues like they're hungry. You know, mm -hmm. um, uh, mm -hmm. we have a lot of students who are in need of, of a meal. And so we try to make sure that we think about them, you know, holistically, because mm -hmm. if, they're, if they're not treated that way, they're not going to do well in the academic sense. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Well, thanks again, um, Dr. Robertson, for taking some time out of your busy schedule to spend with us. Uh, you know, again, it's always great to hear that um, the University College is growing from strength to strength. Mm -hmm. So I guess continue on that road. And we're very, very pleased um, to be, you know, part of your journey. Yeah, we're looking forward to a busy term, as we said, and, and, a, and a busier 2024. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Cold Hard Truth on Bobo 89.1 FM. Cayman's number one talk show is live weekdays from 7.30 a.m. Never miss an episode again. Watch anytime on CMR's Facebook and YouTube channels for the latest show episodes. Don't forget to follow us online on our social media channels and visit CaymanMarlRoad.com for all the latest news and community happenings. 